Daniel! Oh my God! Don't you ever run away from me again, do you understand that? Have you come to give grief her due? What is this place? Who are you? My dear petty man, I've been called many things. The chaos in the story, the anarchy in your thoughts. But for you, John, I am the excuse you give when you cannot follow the rules. You're listening to the Buzzkill Podcast. Episode 206. Welcome back to the Buzz to Kill podcast. We're on today's episode. We attended the world's famous Devil's Carnival and it was one hell of a production. It was. <laughs> What's going on, guys? I am Mike. I'm Jim. And uh, this was a fun week. It was. I love musicals. We've talked about this before. I am a big fan. Oh, of... you mean because of the movies we watched? Oh, yeah, the rest of the week sucked. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you were at my house Wednesday night. Um, Anyway, though, uh, yeah, these uh, these were fun movies to watch this week. I've I've wanted to watch uh, the second one of these for a very long time, so yeah. finally we got around to it. Uh, and um, hey, I'm excited to talk about them. Yeah, man. Uh, yeah, I had a great time watching both these. I I, I had seen the first one before, mm-hmm. um, and uh, I was really stoked that we were finally getting to the second one. Terrence. Z- I'm gonna Zunich. Zunich. I think that's I think, pretty close. I yeah. think the D is silent. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Because it's ZD. It's like the D in my life. It's change just silent. Change your name. If you're gonna be part of Hollywood, dude, change your name. I don't know. It's 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 the, the people with the fun names are the ones that you remember though. Zdunich. 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 I actually no, but he's he's like the he's like the Lin Manuel Miranda of horror. I, <laughs> you know what I'm I mean? I'm sure he'd take that. Because Lin Manuel Miranda is a fantastic songwriter. Sure. Um and just an all-around cool dude, and I feel like Terrence Zunich, I'd say his 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 crafting of songs is uh, it's probably eh, it's it's not quite Lin Manuel level, but it's still like he approaches still... his songwriting in a very like stage play kind of way. Definitely, um, and the uh, I don't, yeah the compositions are really cool. Yeah. Like I don't know everything about these two musicals is so unique. I but love bef- it. Before we get into all into that, though, yeah, man, let's What's... not let's not put the cart before the horse. Sure, that would be weird. Why would you put a cart before the horse? They would just run into the cart repeatedly because horses are dumb. <laughs> <laughs> they got blinders on. They don't know how to go to the sides. I don't think horses are really that dumb, by the way. No, they're actually probably a lot they're smarter than quite smart. The two smart, of us put smarter together. than myself. Yeah. Um, yeah. So anyway, what have you been up to this week? Oh, Bob? you know what? It's uh, it's been a week. It's been. Uh... It's been a crazy week at work. I had my uh, mentioned last week that Monday was our big, uh, our big virtual taste fest shit show at work, mm. and uh, it lived up to what I thought it was going to be, and it was an absolute shit show. It was a cl- clam show. The clam. It was a. It was a <laughs> clam show. No, if it was a clam show, I would have enjoyed it probably a lot more. Um, yeah, no, it uh, went about as well as I thought it was going to. Um, no one knew what the fuck was going on. It was awful. People waited for over an hour to get their orders, and then some of them just left. <laughs> Like and yeah. didn't even it was it was an absolute shit show. You had you know one of the reasons that we did it this way is so that there wasn't a bunch of people 
congregating under a tent, right, you know, because right. you know, of the current COVID climate. And because um, because of the what? The current cl- the current COVID climate. I'm not I'm not familiar. Oh. Well, let me tell you, James. <laughs> what is this COVID? <laughs> it's a damn good time. That's what it is. Um, Everybody's doing it, even the president. We. <laughs> it's the hottest new trend in Hollywood. Thoughts and prayers. Oh, yeah, right. Um, no, but like, uh, you know, the reason that we did it this way so there weren't so many people congregating all together, we had more fucking volunteers show up this year than we've ever had in the past <laughs> for an event that was one sixteenth of the size i sent you guys a picture they're looking the entire tent was fucking filled with people and i'm standing back there being like y'all are fucking idiots this isn't a chicken pox party you fuck and they were and almost it was either it's all a bunch of geezers it was either all people that were under 18 yeah or it was the majority of it was people that were probably 70 plus yeah it's like what are you doing it's not a great idea what are you doing? <laughs> I kick ass for the Lord, man. I <laughs> I, I serve oysters for the uh, Lord. Hey. Um that's they did, yeah, so they did go with my tagline though for the entire event. What was it? Which I was pretty proud of. What was it? Oysters in uncertain times. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a good tagline, right? <laughs> that's so awesome. <laughs> Did you guys make stickers because I want one? No, but it was on the menu. Like that's what that was like the headline on the the brochure and the menu and all that. Uh, <laughs> oysters in uncertain times. I like that. I thought it was fun. Yeah, but really, uh, yeah, that really was a cute. that was a shit show, and that that's oh, always boy. like a like a seventeen hour workday for me. So it's it's you know. Did you get drunk at least? No, not this year. We usually do, but because everything was so weird and everything was so. It was a joke because yeah. I know that you were served a drink with no alcohol in it. Oh yeah. <laughs> And we're told that there was alcohol in it. Uh, the 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 very smart people that I work with um, didn't understand that that I'm not going to say all because there are some like craft types that I think do have it. But I don't know that there are honestly, there, I, but you might are, be right. There I'm are. sure that there are. Um, they my both of my bosses were unaware of the fact that ginger beer doesn't actually have alcohol in it, and their reasoning for thinking of it. It says beer it says, right on the can. It says beer right there. <laughs> uh, uh, what about root beer, guys. fellas? Root beer? You uh, ever heard of that? Not your father's root beer. Oh. That one's that one's got it. Mm-hmm. No, I I swear though there are some brands of ginger beer that do have it. There are. I'm looking I it up. I'm are. looking it up right now. Yeah. There are indeed. Which I mean makes sense. There's for every for mm-hmm. every non-alcoholic beverage in the world, there is an alcoholic version of it, right? Is there an alcoholic sunny delight? We should be a screwdriver, I guess, at that point, wouldn't it? Yeah, I suppose yeah. so. Yeah. So there you go, and you can buy prepackaged screwdrivers, I'm sure. Man, have you? When's the last time you had Sunny D? Sunny it's D? Disgusting. It's horrible. Hor- <laughs> it's horrible. It, it really is. It's like it's yeah. like somebody took a, a a a glass of sugar. It's the Kool Aid of fruit juice, and then just squoes. It's ju- awful. Squoes of squoes. Uh, squoes. Is squoes the actual past tense? I hope it's not too tangy. I squoze it myself. <laughs> That one's for Greg D. If he's listening, um, oh, is he Sunny? Huh? Is he Sunny? No. Have you ever seen Private Parts? Howard Stern's. Private I have. Parts? It's been a long, oh long my time. God. So good. Um, <laughs> we're talking about all kinds of things, and it's fun. Uh, uh, good times. Yeah, but Sunny D's terrible. Yeah, it's awful. What about Tang? When's the last time you had Tang? I don't think I ever had Tang. What? I don't think that my parents didn't buy it when we were kids. Never was we what? weren't we were not a Tang household. It's crazy man. No, orange juice came mm. in the frozen from concentrate cans. Oh. Which I still stand by. I it's think hardcore. that's delicious. 
Yeah, I don't it's think just, that it's, it's just frozen fucking pulp. Basically, I don't think that it's not delicious. And, and sugar and too much. There's a lot of sugar and stuff in it, but like, you know, yeah, it's good. There's sh- wait, there's sugar in it. I yeah, I think there is, and that stuff, the concentrate, I believe there's added sugar in it. Oh. Maybe I'm wrong. Was your mom trying to give you diabetes or? Well, her favorite actor was Wil- <laughs> Wilford Brimley. So. <laughs> diabetes. But uh, um, yeah, that was my week though. Basically, it was just that and the aftermath all week at work. You know, whatever. Haven't really done anything else uh, outside <clears throat> of outside of that so well that's cool man um i just really quick i want to extend to you uh happy anniversary oh thanks man yeah no problem oh wait it's my anniversary uh i'm i'm spending my 10-year wedding anniversary sitting across from mike i gave you an out this week so don't (laughs) don't look at me we were supposed we were going to do this on sunday and you're like no we can do it tonight (laughs) no we were going to do it on sunday but my fridays are fridays are a a, like just my wife get she wakes up at four to go to work mm-hmm. by the time she gets home she doesn't want to you know like fridays are just to cool down you know so we we usually get pizza on fridays we chill out with the kids she goes to bed early and then i usually hang out with you so it's exactly what we did yeah. today so yeah. we're going out to celebrate tomorrow i mean that and the but, fact uh, that your wife hates you well that too. And could yeah. care less about she doesn't want to be reminded that it's been 10 years correct so yeah. you know it's been a rough 10 years yep I mean, you're, you're, boy, you're buying her an Apple Watch tomorrow. That's all she cares about. I am, yeah, buying her an Apple Watch, and she's what's buying, the, and she's buying me one. So. What's the, what's the ten year? Uh, isn't what's, isn't what's the, the item? Tra- so traditional is uh, aluminum or tin. <laughs> Just make some origami out of some tin foil. Well, no, the, uh, the Apple Watch has an aluminum case. Oh, well, there you go. So hey, I still like the origami out of tin. And foil, the, though. and the modern, which I am against. Because I'm a traditional type of dude, and also because I don't have money to buy diamonds, is uh, diamonds. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> so, sorry, sweetheart. You're getting you an Apple Watch instead. Get her some diamond almonds. Some diamond... Uh, Di- the, 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 the almond oh, company. The, oh, diamond, blue diamond. Uh, blue diamond, Blue yeah. diamond, yeah. Yeah, I could do that. There you go. That's romantic. It's, that's super romantic. The wasabi ones? Oh, she can mm. have wasabi farts when you guys are trying to do it. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Sexy. That's graphic. Um hey. Hey man, th- these are these are the problems that normal human beings <clears throat> face that no one talks about. Yeah, that's true. Wasabi farts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, uh, aside from wasabi farts, um, happy ten year anniversary to my beautiful wife. Happy uh, ten year anniversary to the two of you. Um, and I'm just going to put this out into the ether of the world. Uh-huh. You are mine first. <laughs> that's only for a couple months. Doesn't matter. Um, I lived with you first. That's true. You did. <laughs> Um, I'm pretty sure that you and I christened the bed first too before she and I did. So it's, <laughs> I'm sure it's we entirely possible. I'm I know there was at least a couple of nights where we were passed out drunk, and I'm pretty sure we passed out next to each other lying down. Oh, I guarantee it. I'm pretty sure that happened a couple of times. Absolutely. Yeah, it's what bros do. It's what what does? It's what bro, bros, bros do. do. Well, bro, hold on, hold on. Let me re, re let me restart because you can't say that and have, have a voice crack. <clears throat> it's what bros do, man. Each other, <laughs> right? Pound it. <laughs> that's what he. That's what you said. <laughs> that's what he said. Oh my um, god. Anyway, yeah, yeah, but no. Happy anniversary, my lovely wife. I love you so much. Uh, I was gonna post as a joke today. I was gonna say 
it's been 10 incredible years uh, with my best friend by my side and then post a picture you of you and me. <laughs> you should have. The whole dude, there's so many there are so many pictures of me and you like literally like there's one there's one from a uh, concert we went to. It's my favorite picture of all time. It's you have your arm around me and I'm I'm something must have made us laugh cuz you're laughing. I'm cracking up sort of leaning into your chest a little bit. Uh-huh. And then there's a girl that's standing about 10 feet away from us just staring at us. Mm-hmm. And it's it's totally one of those things where that girl is thinking to herself, "You got to get yourself a uh, find yourself a person that looks at you the way this guy looks at this other dude." Like it's one of those kind of it's the funniest photo ever. I'm pretty sure that picture was taken by my wife. Too. It was so the she, other, she knows the score. Another photo taken by your wife is me and you at the uh, at the holiday party I think a couple years ago where our arms are interlaced and we're feeding each other champagne. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's. Yeah, there's probably we got lots of sexy shots. Of there's us, probably is what I'm saying. there's probably more openly romantic shots of you and I than there are of me and her. <laughs> I think you're probably right. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's okay. She's uh, she's uh she, she uh she's not heavy on the PDA, you know. She likes to she likes to keep that between us. So I get my PDA from you. You know what she's heavy on though? What the pizza? A eh? a hey, right? <laughs> she does love pizza. I do too. All right. So we this had, week, we had Jet's Pizza today. There you go. And I bought a whole bottle of ranch. Yeah. I'm going to chug it. Did you give her the anchovy? <laughs> <laughs> bottle, <laughs> bottle of ranch. <laughs> oh, my God. All um, right. Move on. Yeah. So uh, this week uh, also signified something exciting. Yeah. It's fucking October, baby. Oh. Oh. It's the it's the sacred month of of us of us horror fans, which it's really not though because we kind of do it all year round. We do it. You know, we we do it. The only difference is, is that there's day. a lot more orange around you. It's yeah, pretty much the only difference. Which which you love because I found out after 12, 13 years of us being friends, I found out two days ago that your favorite color is orange, which yeah. is bizarre. James, Who's did you not see the giant orange toaster that I drove around for ten years? That was a car, though. Like, people, you don't always buy a car in your favorite color. Sure you do. Why wouldn't you? I think most people do. So my favorite color is champagne? Well, you didn't (laughs) buy your car, like, from a lot, though. Is your current car your favorite color? There's orange in my car. That's true, there is. And and I'm not going to lie to you, that was one of the selling factors. (laughs) I don't see see it that way. I don't, like, if I was going out to buy a car, I don't think I... Oh, jeez. I don't think that I would specifically go out and try and find a car that was my favorite color. Well, I think that... Especially I, since my favorite color is purple and well, it's kind of weird. Well, no, yeah. That, you can only do it within reason, obviously. Yeah. You're not going to drive around a fucking eggplant. <clears throat> but like, yeah, I don't know. Orange is just... Uh, that's it's, that's what I always it's what I always gravitate to. It's, a, it's, it's the second weirdest favorite color next to yellow. I don't, right. know, I don't understand people whose favorite color is yellow. Because yellow is... Well, it's, all, it's the color of mustard, first off. Yellow, for all intents and purposes, is a garbage color. I agree. <laughs> I completely agree. Mix it with blue, make green. Beautiful. Mix yeah. it mix it with red, make orange. You like it. Beautiful. Right? Yep. I could I could go on. <laughs> but yellow colors, James. But yellow in and of itself, <laughs> not, not my style, you know? Yeah, fair enough. I not get my it. Style. But speaking of October, um, this is just kind of a fun thing. If you follow us on Instagram, uh, we started doing a 30-day <clears throat> horror challenge. We um, yes, we. I started it. You're going to be a part of it. Shut up. I wasn't privy, of, <laughs> privy was, to it until this, five hours ago. We're, we're doing this because a uh, friend of the show, Vito, he told us, uh, he's, he, he challenged us to do it. And I'm like, you know what? This could be, this could be kind of fun. Give me that beer if you're not going to open it. Oh, God damn it. Yeah. Um, 
yeah, uh, he challenged us to do it. I'm like, you know, this could be fun for for a month, something a little bit different, you know. Uh-huh. So, uh, if you want to be a part of that, do it. Uh, let us know. I'll I'll send you the little uh, the, the 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 month uh, breakdown thing if you want to do it with yeah, us. Yeah, so the thirty thirty or the the 31? thirty one thirty one day thirty. Was it thirty? So thirty one, which is Halloween, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thirty one will be a free for all. I guess oh, right why? On. I don't know. It wasn't made specifically for Halloween, so I think it was just yeah. for uh, so or it's for a, so October. So it's a thirty day October yeah. film challenge. You post the thing in your story, and then it gives you a different uh, film category every day that you yep. need to answer the question. I'll say it for. right now: the thirty first will just be a Halloween themed movie. There you go. Your favorite Halloween themed movie, right there. Makes sense. I'll give you a uh, I'll give you a spoiler of what mine is. What? It's not Halloween. Oh. It's not my favorite Halloween movie. Saucy. Sorry. Wow. Tales of Halloween. That's the well, one I... You just spoiled it. I did. Wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah, people forget about times there. No, but seriously... We they, are forgettable. People um, people always love to suck the dick of Trick or Treat, which mm. is a great movie. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. It's a fantastic movie. I'm watching it tomorrow. <clears throat> but... Without me? But... I mean, you can watch it with us if you want. Um, but... Yeah, I think Tales of Halloween... Is is a better anthology movie than Trick or Treat? I haven't seen it in a couple of years. I'd like to rewatch it every year. That's that's it's my yearly uh, my yearly watch. So, I got a few yearly watches, and one of them is is going to be something that I'm talking about in the Blu-rays today. So. Oh, good. But uh, yeah, well, speaking of, let's move on then, shall we? Yes. Let's Why get... don't we get into some corrections from last week? Stupid! You're so stupid! All right, James. Um, I don't actually have any corrections from last week. I listened I just, to the episode, and uh, we were pretty good. I just have more of a personal uh, clarification. Okay. This comes courtesy of my wife because she said, "You might be giving the wrong impression when you say that." I was I was going well. Everybody drinks during Zoom meetings, right? I should clarify that I was talking about during like parent teacher conference type zoom meetings like not during the day when my kids are actually in school <laughs> oh i thought your kids were drinking well they do <laughs> they do during their classes they, but... they, they had they had the the tea bag uh, thing sticking <laughs> yeah. out of their out of their juice glasses yeah. right <laughs> no aaron's just like it makes it sound like you're drinking all day and i go oh uh i don't think anybody would infer that and she's like well that's kind of how it sounded so just a personal personal clarification I only drink during the nighttime meetings, mm, mm. and those don't even happen anymore. So, well, I now will, I'm just drinking for no reason. I'll I'll pull up the uh, the slack then, and I will drink all day for you. Mm. And then there's no, uh, you know. And you're off for the next week, so I you, am. You really could. I I plan to. <laughs> <laughs> good, good for you, man. All right, uh, so that's all we got for corrections. So, James, what are we doing this week? Uh, so this week we are talking about. <clears throat> couple of real fun musicals uh one is the devil's carnival and what i put them in there they're on the top shelf bro uh one is the devil's carnival from 20 was it 2012 2012 2012 yeah or 2013 yeah 2012 and then uh the sequel 2014 alleluia no it's from 2016 or 16 um alleluia the devil's carnival uh, and they were both uh, just a real joy, weren't they? They were. Um, they were something. And to go with that, we are drinking. Is there anything on the box here? Oh, there could gra- be. Grab I don't one know. Of those. I actually didn't look. Uh, do you want a glass? These are an IPA. Oh, I suppose. So. Oh, okay. <clears throat> Let me see if there's anything on the box. What's in the box? Shorts never puts anything on their boxes. 
Um, naturally gluten free. No, that's for. Why would you put advertisements for your ciders on the bottom of your beers? Yeah, there's nothing about this. So, uh, so from Shorts Brewing Company in, uh, in Michigan, here in beautiful, sunny, not so sunny Michigan. Uh, this is Heaven Scent, scent as in S C. E-N-T, ah, as yes. in the smell of heaven. Heaven sent yeah. wet hopped India pale ale. Yeah, so both these movies are about, uh, it's the battle between heaven and hell. So yeah. I was trying to find something that was probably more a little more hell related because, let's be honest, these movies center around hell a little bit more. I guess the second one didn't, though. The second one was mostly in heaven. So. second one was yeah, yeah, mostly in heaven. That's true. So it still works. Seven minutes in heaven. Did you ever play that? No, none of my girlfriends ever have either. <laughs> What? It's usually about a minute. <laughs> Seven minutes in heaven isn't sex. It's just making out. Oh, I was just self-deprecating. That's all. What? Um, Don't do that to yourself, man. I'm sorry, man. Don't do that. Don't We're drinking out of some sweet uh, mason glasses. These are some really nice glasses. Yeah, I like them. Oh, it smells very fragrant. It does smell heaven, heaven scent, like the scent of heaven. It actually kind of smells like... It's most fresh. It smells like marijuana a little bit. No. The first, the first sniff that I got. No, I'm like, I'm getting citrus. I mean, because hops. Is there citrus? Hops in this? are in the same family as cannabis, aren't what they? Hops. Is there citrus in this? Though I wonder. What's well, an IPA? IPAs usually have a bit of a citrus, mm-hmm. citrus flavor. Aren't hop? Am I wrong about that? Hops and cannabis are in the same family. Oh yeah, yeah. Right. Most definitely. I'm still Most getting it. Definitely. I'm not getting it at all. I'm still getting it's it here. I'm uh, looking this up. Shorts. What is this called again? Shorts Heaven Scent. Shorts Heaven Scent. <clears throat> Let's see what we got here. Um, it's fine if you don't find anything. We can, uh, nope, we I got can it. just... Uh, I got it right here. Yes, I'm 21, I promise. All right, let's see here. Uh, Heaven Scent, formerly known as Loud, is a wet-hopped IPA made with Southern Cross and Michigan Copper Hops, golden in color, with a slight haze and prominent frothy head. This beer has the aroma of a quintessential wet-hopped ale, leading with piney, floral, citrus, Ooh. and tropical hop flavors blended with lightly biscuity notes. Biscuits. Oh, uh, biscuit. <laughs> notes. Uh, from the malt, Heaven Scent is a medium bodied and finishes dry and has all that fresh, wet hopped goodness that you'd expect from a harvest ale. So. 5.9 ABV. So wet. But then also a dry, biscuity <laughs> malt. This is a, a wop. A wet ass pale ale. <laughs> I'm hip. I have my finger on the pulse. I'm hip hop. <laughs> Cheers, bud. Cheers. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's you know what? It, you know what it's it is? Good. Is I? Uh, it's the pine, like the pine <clears throat> scent that I was picking up on. Mm. That smelled kind of like a can. Yeah. Now that now that I know but, uh, the pines in there, I can I can smell it. Yeah. I don't know. I would not have picked that out myself though. It's a little bitter. It's got a little bit of a bittery. Uh, finish up it's actually quite hoppy it's mm-hmm. it's way more hoppy than i was expecting yeah it gets it's it's weird how your tongue picks up flavors in different places like i feel the bitterness on like the back sides of my tongue yeah that's uh it's what your tongue does whoa <laughs> whoa <laughs> there's like different you know because you taste yeah. it, you taste sweet on the tip yeah sour on the sides and bitter on the back or I'm something like that anatomy man what the fuck <laughs> While we're at it, magnets. <laughs> How the fuck do those How work? How the fuck do those work, right? Uh, anyway, um, yeah. Man, are so... ICP philosophers or what? No. 
<laughs> the answer to that question is a hard no. They're just not. they're asking the hard questions, stuff that I don't have the courage to ask. So I, I guess I appreciate it. Hard hitting journalism. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, that's it. That's what we're drinking. That's what we're talking about. Let's get into the bleed feed. All right, James. Yeah, I dog. To, uh, I hate to start it like this, oh, but uh, we do have a death this week. Okay. Uh, rest <laughs> hey, in... Wait. What? Oh. <laughs> There's the part you were looking for. <laughs> we're watching uh, Beyond Reanimator. Yep. And um, it's our favorite part of the movie. It's the crawling dick across the floor, the, uh... which if you listen to our uh, retrospective on this, you you know how much of a blasty blast <laughs> we had with that scene. <laughs> you'll, uh, you'll hear us talking about a crawling reanimated penis for about 25 minutes. It's literally, it's the stuff of <laughs> legend. <laughs> it really is. Um, okay, let's see here. Um, moving on to... The death of the week. Yeah. Um, rest in peace to uh, actress. Okay. <clears throat> Gotta get this one right. Okay. Yukio Takuchi. Yukio t- Takuchi. Yukio Takuchi. I'm pretty sure I actually got that pretty right. Um, she was 40 years old, uh, and uh, no cause of death was given. However, there is an ongoing investigation, which doesn't bode well for potential for some bad stuff going on yeah so that sucks um if you don't know her by name which probably most american audiences wouldn't uh she was a four-time japanese academy award nominee uh however horror fans will know her uh all over the globe best for her debut role in 1998's ringu oh so she was in ringu which obviously led to the phenomena of the ring here in the states and, and elsewhere elsewhere and all that Elseline. um you sure you, oh, okay, okay. I was trying to look up her name. I think of Yukio Takuchi? Uh, I would say it's probably Yu- Yuko, because there's no I before oh, the O. Oh, Yuko? Okay, Yuko yeah, Yuko. Yuko Takuchi? Yeah. Um, Takuchi or something like that? Yeah. Oh, listen, I'm not Japanese. I'm really bad at names, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, you're worse, but I'm bad, too. Yeah. Um. So, anyway, though, uh, yeah, like I said, uh, rest in peace to her. Um. No cause of death, but like I said, 40 years old, super young. Yeah. That sucks. You said her death is under investigation. It's under investigation. So, oh, that could mean, that honestly could mean anything. Sure, I'm not sure, trying yeah. to, you know, yeah, you say anything want... other than that. But the fact that it's not clear, you know. Yeah. that's Doors open to anything, I suppose. Yeah. And, and hopefully it's nothing nothing too bad. Either way, 40 years old, way too young. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, let's see here. Uh, starting on October 1st, so uh, as of today... Hold on, before you move on to this, this isn't a death, but I just wanted to bring this... Did you see that somebody sucker punched um, Rick Moranis what? on the street today? No. Or, or yesterday, rather? This dude was... Uh, Rick Moranis was standing outside, and, you know, Rick Moranis kind of dropped off the map. Mm-hmm. For a long time, he came back. He actually did an aviation gin commercial. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that with Ryan Reynolds recently, and he was just standing, I think, outside of his apartment. And this guy walking by, this like pretty big dude, just walks by, sucker punches him in the face. Moranis goes down, and the guy just keeps walking. Did the guy know that it was Rick Moranis? No idea. Or was it just like a random? I think it was just one of those like knockout game type things or something Jesus like that. Jesus fucking Christ! Is he yeah. okay? Yeah, he's fine. But man, it, like what his his back and his neck and his head are all hurting because he fu- he went down hard. Like I was just like man, 
I don't. Uh... My neck, my back, <laughs> my face, it made a smack. <laughs> Not trying to make fun of it or anything. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. No, that sucks, though. Like, who the fuck does that? And to Rick fucking Moranis. Yeah, people are jerks, man. I hate it. Like, of all the people to not do that to. I, I don't know if it was like a knockout game thing, but that that whole trend makes me fucking sick. Yeah, I know I've, it's not quite as prevalent as it was a few years ago. I've but, seen the uh, videos of it, and it's it's distressing. Oh, it's awful. Dude. It really is. It's awful. Um, so let's let's <clears throat> not let's not get into distressing things here. Uh, sure, sure, about, yeah. <laughs> let's talk about some good things. Yeah. Uh, starting October first, which uh, as of right now, because it's after midnight, was two days ago. Oh. So this is already uh, already afloat. Um, there is another streaming service uh, that is now going to empty your wallet of another $5 a month. Oh, no. Uh, <laughs> Arrow Video oh. has launched the Arrow Video channel, okay. uh, and it is chock full of classics for the Halloween season. It's uh, it's pretty impressive, even though they just launched. Um, you can get it for 5 bucks a month, or you can do an annual um, subscription for 50 bucks a month. Uh, or if you just want you know the spooky bits for the spooky season... You can do the 30-day trial Dang. and get it completely for free. That's um, neat dough, gang. Yeah, the um, like I was saying, the the lineup for it is pretty nuts. There's a lot of of just classic movies on your eye. Hit me with it. Edgar Wright has so you know how Shutter does their um everything's curated by like somebody or they'll have guests come in and do it. Yeah. Arrow's doing the same thing. Sure. They have uh, an Edgar Wright selects uh uh pick list basically it's essentially the uh the 21st century version of when you would go to blockbuster and there would be staff picks <laughs> garrett's picks yeah, yeah 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 who the fuck was garrett who knows but he picked them he's, um he's, he's got a lot of he's high restocking shelves he's got a lot of uh argento on here with like uh deep red uh blood and black lace was argento i believe right Ooh, I want to get called out Testing for that. Testing my one. knowledge there. Gonna get know. called out for that one. But the Cat of Nine Tails, uh, you know, a bunch of stuff like that. You have the stuff on there as part of it. Torso, Ringu, Reanimator, which we're watching now, Hellraiser, uh, like I said, Deep Red, Audition. Um, lots of stuff on that. And that's just his. Then you have like tooled up, you have power tools and blood splatter movies. Blood and Black Lace was Bava. Bava, okay. I knew it was okay. Okay. Um yeah, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Microwave Massacre, The Driller Killer, Blood Rage. Blood Rage is amazing if you've never seen it. Um, other stuff in here is Evil uh, Evil Ed, which is uh, a fantastic movie. You have, I don't know, just tons. Yeah. Absolutely tons of movie on here. Uh, and for them just launching, it's a fucking stacked lineup. So uh, definitely check that out if you're want. Uh, if you more of a streaming person and uh, you want to get some new uh, new horrors or, I guess, old horrors in your life. But, you know. For the Halloween season. I'm a big fan of old horrors. <laughs> hey. <laughs> pick those teeth out. Um, <laughs> oh, God. Uh, why do people listen to us? Oh, know. that's right. They don't. Nobody um, does. <laughs> yeah. So let's uh, see here. In early development, uh, but it was announced this week, that Netflix is actively developing a Conan the Barbarian c- series, oh. which is really cool. Uh, and seeing how they've handled a lot of their adaptations uh, to date, like with um, The Witcher, for example, mm-hmm. you know... I'm totally into it. Like anything with buff dudes and swords, I'm into. So, oh, yeah, bro. Bring on the Conan. <laughs> and uh, hey, the last Conan the Bar- Barbarian that we had was Jason Momoa. So, just saying. So I doubt how, he's going to so, come back. So, how are you going to top that? Rick Moranis. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I'd fucking pay to see that. <laughs> Uh, it's it's Honey, I Shrunk Conan. Yeah, they just start with Momoa and then or hit him with the shrink ray, and it's Rick Moranis. It's not Conan the Barbarian. It's Conan, like from 
Conan the Late Night Host. It's Conan the Barbarian. Conan, Conan O'Brien, the Barbarian. I'm into it. I'd watch, um, I'd watch the shit out of that. But that, that's cool, though. I like all these Netflix series. They always do a really good job, so that's that's exciting to hear. I know you said that's cool, though, but the way it kind of rolled out of your mouth, it sounded like you said, yeah, but that's Coolio. <laughs> it, it's that, too. Yeah. Um, okay, uh, Clive Barker. Once again, I have more Clive Barker news. Oh, um, during an interview with ComingSoon.net, Clive Barker announced... Uh, that, so he's been talking about for a couple of years now that they've been developing a Nightbreed TV series, yeah. right? Uh-huh. Uh, they have a director attached to the series now, uh, and that director is none other than Mike Doherty, which oh, is wow. really awesome. Cool. Ironically, Michael Doherty is also attached to direct the Hellraiser series, mm-hmm. so he's doing two Clive Barker projects now. Oh, boy. Um, so who knows how that's all going to shake out? I mean, I doubt he's going to do both at the exact same time. Right. Maybe he is. Who knows? But um, that's pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. I like Michael Doherty. I like everything he's done. Um, you know, Trick or Treat, we were talking about that earlier. And uh, what was that? The new Godzilla movie he did and, and a bunch of other stuff. Uh, he's fantastic. So that's a really, really good pick for that. Um, so yeah, that's exciting. Uh, speaking of Clive, uh, yes, we are on a first name basis now. Oh. Uh, if you're anything like us and you still have yet to actually read the original Books of Blood, even though we keep saying that it's awesome, uh-huh. we've never read it. <laughs> oh, wait. Have we said that it's awesome? <laughs> oh, yeah. All the oh. time. Oh, okay. Um, good news, because Berkeley Publishing is re-releasing the first volume uh, in full with additional story ties, uh, that, or with an additional story that ties into the new movie on Hulu. Oh. So uh, if you ever wanted to get your hands on it, and you don't want to go to like a used bookstore and try to track it down, they are re-releasing it now. Very and it's only cool. like $17.99 on Amazon. Or if you got, or if you or got if audio, got, yeah. Or if you have Audible, you know, just get it with just, your credit. Just get it with your credit. Get it with your credit. Get I mean, it with I'm, your credit. I'm like a rapper. <laughs> um, so that's pretty cool, though. Uh, so uh, yeah, check that out if you are into that. Um, let's see here. I'm actually personally going to get it. You should. I need to. <laughs> I'm in need of another marathon book to start because I'm pretty sure that one is actually longer than it. I think it's 47 hours. The books of blood. I think so. Well, it's probably all three. It's probably all three uh, yeah, volumes. I, yeah. The one though, the one that they're the new re-release is just volume one. Oh. So you can get that one and listen to them in sections if you wanted to. Oh. So that could be kind of cool. Okay. Um, let's see here. Back in 1984, a young Drew Barrymore starred in the adaptation of Stephen King's Firestarter. Ah. Um, now there is a new ad- adaptation of that on the horizon, and it seems like we have found our new young leading lady. What do you think her name is, James? Uh, I don't know. Uh, her name is Zac Efron. <laughs> it, so it, he's he's not playing. I have the no role idea. The, he's the just... way that the the news article like posted it, it sounded like Zac Efron is starring in the new Firestarter movie. Like it just <laughs> it, so it seems kind of funny that the story is about a little girl and here's Zac Efron. Um, <laughs> my guess is that he's probably not playing that role. But I like to think that he is because it's funny. <laughs> it's uh, it's uh, it, it's a good it's a it's a good way for me to get my wife to watch a movie with me. There you go. That's for sure. She's um, a she's a big Zac Efron fan. She is. You should, oh my god, dude. She's a big. So she's a fan. Of, she's a huge fan of Zac Efron. She's a huge fan of Jason Momoa. Why is she with you? I don't know. <laughs> It's, it's it's for some reason it's only dudes who have been connected to the Baywatch franchise in some way. Oh my god, dude, keep the Hoff away from her. Oh. <laughs> he's coming he's coming to get you, girl. It's a good thing she didn't watch Hallelujah with yeah, me this right? week. 
Should have been sliding off the chair. I forgot David Hasselhoff was in that. And it was a very... Oh, he was great. It was a, it was a very uh, welcome addition to the cast yeah. for the second movie. But we'll get there. Um, before we do, though, James, what is new on Blu-ray? Well, let me tell you, Mike. Let me tell you real quick. Please do. Oh, shit, I didn't do them. <clears throat> no, it's, it's not true. I did. <laughs> Haunt, <laughs> which is currently available on Shutter, is coming to Blu-ray courtesy of Ronin Flicks in partnership with Momentum Pictures. We watched Haunt last year for the uh, Halloween season and thoroughly enjoyed it. It was very, very good. Uh, The release will be a two-disc collector's edition, which will feature the original soundtrack by Tom and Andy, uh, four 16-by-20-inch movie movie poster reproductions, a reproduction of the Haunt map, six enamel pins featuring the eerie costume masks worn by villains in the film, four 2-by-3.5 replica VHX VHS box style magnets and over five hours of special features. Yeah, the special so, features are the reason to get this. Yeah. So there's two well, versions. Well, actually, the movie's the reason to get well, this. This movie's awesome. Fair. There's, I guess there's two versions that's getting put out. The two-disc version is the big collector set, right. which they're asking like 55 bucks for, which is a bit steep for that movie, if you ask me. Yeah, especially, um, especially when all the stuff that you're getting... like I guess like, if you're the, stuff I care about. I guess if you're the type of person who likes to put a, like a shitload of movie posters up on your wall and stuff like that, yeah. it's... I guess, but I have a hard time to look. I just got the um, the really awesome arrow set for the Hills Have Eyes too, right? Yeah, and it comes with a full cool full out poster and all that. I don't ever like putting those posters on my walls though because I don't want to break the setup. You don't like, want to. I don't want to. Yeah. I want to risk damaging the poster. I like to keep all my stuff nice and pristine. Right. So, so if you're like you and you don't want to break the setup, then it doesn't matter if you have the poster or not. Exactly. And I don't and care it, about the magnets. And if you're like if you're the type of person who likes to put posters up on their wall, then eventually you run out of space you know it's like exactly. it's it's, um, it's kind of annoying yeah <laughs> it's posters can look gaudy too yeah. like i know I, I have a lot of stuff in my walls but i try to keep it to where it like everything has a place you know yeah. um yeah I there's th- some i see some people who just like put shit up everywhere and it like drives my ocd crazy yeah. like, i can't do it yeah it just makes you feel claustrophobic too you know my sister's room was like that when we were younger it was just like posters from floor to ceiling oh so was mine and or not even posters like pages ripped out of yep. fucking uh like teen tiger or whatever tiger teen or it whatever was, uh, it, was it was hit parader and parade magazine hit parader, for me. Yeah. like i literally was a wallpaper like yeah. every i would take out the um i would take out the inserts to my cds and then because i had one of those um one of those moldings that was like dropped from the ceiling you know so it was yeah, like a yeah. mold that went around it was like probably like a six inches from the top of the ceiling and it was a perfect fit for your inserts so, so in between the molding and the ceiling all the inserts went around like there was not a space of wall that wasn't covered <laughs> and i look back at pictures of it now and it's just like how did i do that like it just it drives me nuts you'd think you would walk in and just have like an overload like a just like but you know what you know what evened it out though the super sweet black light. Oh damn, dude! That's what he did. Did you get out. those? Did you get those super dope Spencer's gifts? Black black light. Posters? Oh yeah. Oh, the one with the shrooms all over it. Hell even though yeah. I had no idea what the fuck <laughs> shrooms were, it I just, just thought they this, looked cool. It's like this really cool poster of mushrooms growing love, in the wild. I love fungus and spores. I'm like Egon. <laughs> all right, come on. Um. Anyway, that that uh, haunt the collector's edition comes out on October 22nd. Um. Unhinged. Oh, the, so, re- sorry, real quick. What? The reason that I brought up the, the $55 collector's edition yeah. is because if you're interested in it, there is a standard edition for $25. Oh. That doesn't have any of the extras, but has all the features and everything else. So that's the way to go, I think, for that movie. Nice. That's just my opinion. Though. Yeah. Hell yeah. Um, 
Unhinged, the brutal thriller starring Russell Crowe and Karen Pistorius, will be hitting Blu-ray, combo pack, and DVD from Lionsgate, as well as digital and on-demand on November 17th. Could that also be a documentary on Russell Crowe? Because wasn't he pretty crazy for a bit there? <laughs> Unhinged? I think he did come... Yeah, I think he was think knocked he loose a little bit. I don't think that he was as crazy as... Um, what's his name? Like Mel Gibson? I don't think that he was as crazy yeah, as him because yeah, Mel, Mel went off the, the fucking yeah, Mel, crazy Mel, train. Mel really went for it for a while there. Um, yeah, no, I don't. I I don't know. I I know that Russell Crowe has been known to get a little nuts, but mm-hmm. I don't think it was that level. Yeah. Um, one of the best, the best extraterrestrial horror movies ever, 1993's Fire in the Sky, is hitting Blu-ray for the first time ever later this year from Australian company Imprint Films. Mm -hmm. Um, Imprint. I kind of said that like in print. It's Imprint. Imprint Films. It is currently available for pre-order and limited edition Blu-ray arrives on December 30th. I was trying to figure this out because my buddy, uh, my buddy Chris, uh, as soon as this got announced, he immediately texted me because he knows how much I love that movie. Yeah. Um, Two problems with it. Mm Mm-hmm. We couldn't figure out. We don't know if Australian uh, is region-free or not. Um, th- thus far, it seems like all Australian releases are region-free. Yeah, a lot of them are. But yeah. say, I don't know if that's like an if that's a um, what's what's the word I'm looking for? If that's like for everything, like if that's if everything they put out is like that, or if just a lot of the one, a I lot th- of them are like that, but not all. Like I think it's it stands to reason that if most of them are that. You can probably Good. you can probably bet on it. But this is another set that's gonna run you sixty bucks. Oh. And it's like I love that movie, but I don't know that it's sixty dollars worth of Yeah. And and being that I wanna say it's Paramount that owns that movie that has owns the rights to it. Mm-hmm. Paramount this is proof positive that Paramount is now starting to um lease out their properties for these boutique labels. So what I'm hoping is that if Australia got this one here, we might get like a Scream Factory or an Aero release of it down the line for a US release. Yeah. It's kind of what I'm hoping for. Yeah. Which will be a lot more economical and then you don't have to pay shipping or, you know, or worry about the uh you know, the region or anything like that. Right. So, but um but yeah, anyway. That I'm excited that it's coming though because that's it's such a good movie. Yeah. If, if you've never oh, seen yeah. it, it's fantastic. Yeah. Um uh what were you gonna say something? No, I was just gonna say I think there's actually a documentary with Travis uh what's his name? Travis um uh the guy that it really happened to. The dude that the movie's based oh, on. Trav uh, like why can't I think of his last name? Travis something. This will be a correction for next week. Yeah. But um yeah, there's like an actual like, do- like documentary <clears throat> with him talking about his experience and all that stuff, and it's uh it's pretty cool. So um yeah, so uh, last but not least here, this isn't a DVD or Blu-ray, but uh, it is um, Travis Walton is what you're ah, looking for, it. by the yeah. way. Uh, 2020's The Craft, the remake that we've all seen the trailer for now, will be headed straight to VOD on Dece- on October 27th, just okay. in, in time for Halloween. Nice. Uh, and contrary to what you may believe uh, from watching the trailer, it is not only available on the Hallmark Channel. Oh, well, good, because it absolutely looks like it should be. <laughs> it um, we did So we did uh, the new uh, craft trailer for the new episode of Trailer Trashed, which is coming out uh, hopefully this weekend. And, um, yeah, it's uh, it's a doos. That's, I'll leave it at that. But it, if you haven't seen it, watch it. It's uh, they pretty much anything that was, like, uh, aggressively dark in the original movie is just, like, sucked right out of it. Yeah. And it's... Uh, 
it's yeah. a thing. <laughs> I've I've seen some people saying like, oh, why can't we just let the new generation have something to identify with? And I was like, let them go back to the '90s and identify with cool stuff. <laughs> That's fine. You can do that. Identify with better shit, though. Yeah. <laughs> Stop identifying Simple. with bullshit. Exactly. Um, that's it for blues, bud. Okay. Um, so I don't normally do this, uh, but I'm going to finish the news off with something uh, a little bit political. Uh, I know. Uh, okay. I know this is this is out of the ordinary for us. Um, however, in light of um, the 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 shit show of what we saw last Wednesday. If, uh, if you were like me and we're watching the TV with the debates and you were just yelling at your TV, like a fucking madman. Um, your face was very red. It, I was very I was, perturbed. I was, I was sort of worried about your health. I was, I was very <laughs> perturbed, which I think most people were quite frankly, I'm not alone in this. Um, I guess it was, not, a, it I guess was a shit show. I guess I'm good at internalizing my rage. Yeah, or whatever. I'm, I am not. Uh, <laughs> I, yeah, I, I lost an hour and a half of my life that night that I will never get back. That that could have, I could have watched fucking you know uh, did did we watch it to the end oh yeah I don't even remember yeah you came over two thirds of the way through but. I watched a little bit of it at home and then yeah. walked over here but yeah, yeah I could have anyway. watched a good movie in that time I yeah. could have watched like I could have watched like a quarter of Gone with the Wind <laughs> right maybe twelve percent <laughs> um, but I I want to play there is um the reason I bring this up is because there is a there's an ad if you're looking for um perhaps a uh, a different choice out there there is uh a, there's a new person on the on the political landscape that uh just announced their candidacy is and it I, supreme? I find it, it is not i wish that it was fucking vermin supreme i would he'd have I, my I, vote I, hands down dude everybody gets ponies come on <laughs> um no there is a new candidate running and i felt that it was important to draw attention to this person because i tend to agree with almost everything they say mm-hmm. uh and i'm going to play the ad I know we don't normally do this. But I didn't. I didn't watch this, but I think I know what it is. <laughs> but um, I'm going to play it, and uh, we can talk about it a little bit afterwards, whether we agree on their views and all that. Of um, course. But yeah, here it is. Uh, just uh, just enjoy it, and just stick with us through this. It's it's worth it. I promise. My fellow Americans. I come to you today at a matter of utmost importance, the 2020 election. I am but a private citizen, a humble monster hunter by trade who wishes only to be left alone in this underground bunker to live his life in solitude and silence. That said, I can be silent no more. For months, I have watched with alarm as our two major political parties have put forth presidential candidates both of whom are, in my humble opinion, utterly and embarrassingly devoid of the imagination, intelligence, and skill necessary to hold a position of such importance. Now, let me state for the record that I'm a member of no political party, having concluded that politicians are, for the most part, a group of abject, craven, opportunistic, mentally challenged invertebrates. I mean no disrespect. Invertebrates... Your mollusks, arthropods, and other spineless creatures comprise 95% of our terrestrial species. But essential as they are to our food chain, these swamp-like creatures are manifestly out of place in the halls of Congress and 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. Now, some morons may ask, what qualifies me to be the leader of the free world? And I say, who else? 
Insiders have made such a mess of things that Washington needs an outsider, and I, Bert Gummer, am the ultimate outsider. I loathe Washington, have never even set foot in Washington, so who better than I to fix it? And so, if elected, I pledge to boycott our nation's capital for the next four years and run the country from this secret underground bunker. And so it is with the greatest reluctance and at immense personal cost to my private life that I hereby announce my 2020 candidacy for President of the United States and as the proud standard bearer of our country's newest political party, the Gomertarians. Stay tuned for more about my candidacy and my policies. Fear not, my friends. Bert Gummer will grab this great nation by its cojones and plant them firmly upon the hallowed ground of common sense. Don't be a bummer. Vote for Gummer. Go Gummertarians. <laughs> Dude. Get, um, get out and vote. <laughs> you pieces of shit. <laughs> I I was losing my mind oh, laughing dude. at that earlier because let's be honest, seems like a good choice to me. Oh my gosh, <laughs> I would vote Gummer in a heartbeat. In a in heartbeat. Fa- in fact, I plan to shows can, up shows up can, to every rally riding on the back of a fucking uh, uh, graboid. A graboid. <laughs> can you can are you allowed to vote for fictional people? Because Absolutely, I, I, write I, will, in. I will write in a fictional you, person. One hundred percent. I'm pretty sure that like every every single because because um, up till this point. I was I was Kanye twenty twenty. It seems like it seems like the the only smart decision at this point. But Gummer, Gummer just convinced me, man. He, yeah, I'm I'm actually fairly certain that in real life, um, every single um election cycle, that Mickey Mouse gets like an actual percentage of the votes. Really? I'm not. I, I read that somewhere that it's like a real thing. Yeah. You can write. You can write in fictional characters. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You can write in anybody you want. That's crazy. That's your it's your, your God-given right as a red-blooded American to vote for whoever you think is best suited for. It. I honest to God might write Bert Gummer in. <laughs> I swear, dude. <laughs> I might Gummertarian. Cuz I am a I am a I am a tried and true, not tried, I guess, not yet, but I am a I I've been I've been swayed. Well, I'm, I am a Gummertarian. You've been following his policy for years. Yeah, he puts out campaign videos at least once every couple of years. He's so yeah. you know he's so, got roots. He's got roots from the from the founding fathers from the old American West. He's been here. His family's been here forever. Yeah, I like it. Come on, I like and he's it. From perfection. I like. Is it. Is there a better better candidate? I like it. Come on, it's very presidential, right? <laughs> I like that don't a lot. Be, don't I like be a it a lot, Bert. Don't be a bummer. Vote for Gummer. Vote for Gummer. <laughs> it's the greatest wow. tagline ever. Um, oh man, and that's, that's how amazing. We're, that's how we're ending the news today. <laughs> Great, that's a perfect end of the news. Um, <laughs> so we're gonna take a quick break. Uh, when we come back, we'll get into some Devil's Carnival. Hallelujah, Hallelujah. Okay, we'll be back. <laughs> Throughout this, you'll see faces ripped apart with hooks, a man slashing himself into a bloody pulp, and graphic, macabre, torturous images that defy description.
So we are uh, we are big fans of Darren Lynn Bowsman. Pretty much everything he does, we we like. It's an all right, dude. Very very rarely are there things that we don't like. Um, more it's more commonly it's things that we're maybe a little let down by, like Avatar, for example. I still liked it. Just yeah, didn't live up to what I wanted it to yeah. be. Yeah, but I still liked it. Yeah. Um, the Barons was another one that I liked a lot. Still thought they could have done some things different, but regardless oh, of which, he's a consistent. Really cool movie, yeah. yeah, he's he's a consistently good filmmaker. Yeah. And uh, when he put out Repo, the genetic opera, mm. with um, excuse me, with um, I can never say his name, Terrence Terrence Zunich. I'm just going to say okay. Zunich. I think it's a, so. Like I said, I think it's a silent D. When he did <laughs> Repo, the genetic opera with Terrence Zunich, uh, it quickly it it, it, it just <laughs> let it live. Um, it quickly became one of my favorite. It's absolutely, I believe, my favorite musical, um, and it's one of my favorite just movies in, in, general just in general to like watch. Your your favorite musical in general, next to Jesus Christ Superstar. Yes, yeah, it still blows my mind. That's my favorite musical of all time. <laughs> Regardless, hey, the music's good, man. The seventies Andrew Lloyd Webber, it's good. Yeah, bud. What the fuck was that? Is there somebody in your apartment? Um, Do we need to go kick some ass? We're going to take a break here and possibly go kick some ass. We'll be right back. <gasps> I sh- okay. Um, we're, we're back from kicking <laughs> ass. Uh, that was a thing. Um, uh, we have no... <laughs> We have no idea what that loud, scary noise was. But you can definitely hear it in the recording, though. Yeah. Something uh, happened in here. <laughs> and I got to fucking sleep here tonight. That's that's exciting. I don't. It is it is the spooky season, though. I do have to walk home, though. <gasps> I was playing with a Ouija board last night. Oh, wait, night. no, I drove here tonight. Yeah, I'm good. You're screwed, but I'm good. I was playing with a Ouija board last night. Were you? I was. Why? Why not? By yourself? Yeah. Weird. What? I don't know. It just seems like you're inviting bad thing i've been lonely <laughs> <laughs> this is my new friend pazuzu <laughs> he's a hoot um okay anyway back to uh back to the task at hand um back to your yeah, regularly, so, regularly scheduled programming so what i was saying was um repo the genetic opera quickly became one of my favorite musicals and one of my <clears throat> one of my go-to movies that i put on all the time i've watched it i've i've probably watched <clears throat> repo the the most next to like evil dead or something like that. Yeah. Like I yeah. put it on all the time just for like either background noise or I'll put it on to fall asleep at night. Or I'll just put it on for the fuck of it, you know, like whatever. I'll just, <laughs> just, just for the fuck of it. Yeah. You know, um, well, it's fantastic. The songs are fun. Like it, if you're going to have background noise, why not have cool songs? Exactly. I want Anthony Stewart head serenading me all the time. Um, but so, Something happened. Job. Something happened with the rights to Repo, the studio that put it out and all that stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Um, to where they could not make a sequel to it, uh, even though they kind of wanted to. Yeah. Um, I'm 90% sure that this is right. I might have to look into this, but I'm 90% sure that it's right. And that's the reason that uh, The Devil's Carnival came into existence, because they wanted to do another musical project, and uh, they had to start from scratch, basically, because they just they couldn't do another Repo. Um, so that's where the Devil's Carnival comes into play. Uh, it's a stacked cast. It's basically all of the people from all of the people from uh, Repo. I wouldn't say all of it. Only only three. Well, I think uh, you have Terrence Zudich who plays Lucifer yeah. in this. Uh, he was the uh, grave robber in Repo. You have um, Paul Servino. Paul Servino who, who plays, plays God. God. Alexa Penavega. And that's it. 
Um, oh no, I'm sorry, you're right. And then Ogre, uh, Ogre, Ogre's in it. Um, um, Bill Mosley's back in it. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right. Okay. Yes, I am. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, in addition to them, though, you have uh, oh Dayton Callie. I actually believe was in Repo as well. Yes, he was. I uh, believe maybe he wasn't. No, Dayton Callie was in um, uh, Avatar. That's what I'm thinking. Right, right, right. Uh, anyway, so Dayton Callie is added to uh, added to uh, Repo here. Mm-hmm. You have Sean Patrick Flannery. Not Repo. Or uh, to <laughs> Dallas <laughs> Carnival. Yeah. Uh, Sean Patrick Flannery, who plays, I would say, the lead, co-lead? Yeah. Ish, right? Yeah. Um, and Br- Brianna Eving- Evigan, who Evigan. plays Miss Marywood, mm-hmm. who's also one of the leads. Uh, and then Jessica Lounders, who plays Tamara, also one of the leads. Mm-hmm. So the ba- the way the movies works is that you have the overarching story of the Devil's Carnival, which is basically hell. Yeah. Um, and then uh, there's three different stories read from the book of Aesop's fables. Mm-hmm. And so there's three sub stories in it. It's almost like it's like it's like a hybrid between like a narrative and an anthology sort of. Yeah. Um but yeah, so it's three separate stories that follow these three different characters working their way basically around the carnival and figuring out uh, their own story of why they're there and all that kind of stuff. Right. Um it's it's a really 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 good movie. It's uh I don't know that I I don't know that I think that it was a step down from Repo, but I also hold Repo to such high regard. Yeah, nothing's going to be as good as it. Um, I thought the songs were better in Repo. Like I thought that uh, the songs in this one were more, for lack of a better word, carny. Like they were a little bit more kind of zany and yeah. weird and yeah. And and one of I I would say one of my I I like both of these movies a lot, but one of my probably one of the. Uh, um, one of the things I will say negative about these movies is the musical numbers can go a little too long. They can. Um, like they'll they'll go through because they're each of the songs. So you'll have um, at the beginning of the movie, Dayton, Dayton Callie, who plays the the ticket keeper, the mm-hmm. ticket master. Is it ticket keeper? Yeah, ticket, ticket keeper. keeper. Yep. He comes in and he tells uh, all the circus he, performers. He was playing ticket master. Pearl Jam would hate him. <laughs> Um, he, he he comes in and he tells so all of the they call them carnies, but basically all the circus per, or yep. carnival performers are gathered in the tent, and he says tonight um, the the doll, the scorpion, and um, the the doll it's the the doll the scorpion the clown it's not the clown. no the clown well doll scorpion and the and the boss the devil. No, there's a oh third the, twin, one. the twin the twin the twin that's what it is yeah. So those are the people who are gonna be featured acts tonight yep. and it turns out that each of those features featured acts has something to do with one of the aesop's fables and then and then that's like the main antagonist in each of the stories what's cool about it is the way that it's set up it's almost like whenever a new soul gets sent down to hell this happens like basically like whenever you get sent to hell <laughs> right. you have to go through this process where right. all the other people in hell basically make you relive something it's kind of like for your, the reason that you're there it's kind of so, like your yeah. initiation into yeah hell. yeah and it's really really um, cool and um but like like i was saying real quick uh the so they'll go through like the story where they're where they have the person the new the new arrival to hell who kind of goes up against the you know their their featured act mm-hmm. and then after that they always do a musical number and the musical numbers kind of tell the they retell the story through words which is cool but then they'll get to the end where they do like they'll do the chorus like six times. Yeah, and it's, it it's, just it gets a little tedious. It's like you could probably cut it, cut them off at like like chop a minute off of the end of each song. 
I didn't find that as offensive in this movie as much as I did in the sequel. And we'll get and we'll get there. Yeah. Um, this movie wasn't nearly as long winded as the sequel was. Yeah. Um, what was that? That was I was drinking beer, man. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. No, but there's um this movie is brisk. It's only fifty five minutes long. <clears throat> yeah. So it's like yeah. it's too long to be a short and it's too short to be a feature. It's kind of one of those weird mm-hmm. limbo kind of movies. But it moves at a, at a really good clip, and yeah, you can does. watch it in under an hour. And and you know what? You're better for it. It's a good movie. Mm-hmm. The the musical numbers. I think my favorite musical number in the entire movie has to be the one from Hobo Clown. Hobo Clown is played by Ivan L. Moody, who is the singer of Five Finger Death Punch. Yeah. Now, I am no big fan of Five Finger Death Punch. I've come around to some of their stuff because I... I don't know. I don't know. It's, I don't, See, it's I'm not, I don't to, like them as a me, band, but me, I like I'm him. Not, yeah, to me, I'm not like, I don't really like their music. It's not really my style of music. Yeah. I, I mean, if it's on the radio, I won't necessarily turn it off if it catches my ear. Their covers are so bad, they're good. <laughs> like, they're so terrible. Um, <laughs> But yeah, Five Finger Death Punch, not typically my, my scene. No. But they seem like such genuinely good dudes. Yeah, they in, do. In real life. Like, they do a ton of charity work. Like, they're really super cool to their fans and stuff, which goes a long way with me. Like, you could, in a in an industry that uh, celebrates so many shitty people. Sure. It's nice to well, see. Well, hey, they are Republicans. <laughs> Who? <laughs> the Five Finger guys. Oh, they are? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know I, that. I, no, I'm kidding. Um, I'm kidding. You said decent people. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> no, I, wait. Yeah, yeah. No, in an industry that in an industry that not only tolerates but celebrates so many shitty people, because let's let's be fair, like, no, no, I, a I lot agree. of musicians are shitbags. Sure, um, it's cool to see people who are decent decent people. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So, so although I'm not a fan of their music, I think that they're really cool dudes. Well, I think that 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 Ivan Moody though he it's weird. Like I said, I agree with you. I'm no fan of their band, but I like his voice is interesting to me. He's got a very interesting voice, and when you hear him in a setting like this, that is way that is way more theatrical. That's where he should be. Yeah, like honestly, God, he should be. He's got this like crazy baritone voice. Yeah, like it's really unlike anything else. And it's not like a like a lot of baritone voices can be really kind of bland. But his has sort of. It's weird. It's It's got soul to it. It still has that. Yeah, it's got soul, and it's still got a little bit of that rock edge to it. Yeah, even down in that lower register, so it actually it really works well. Yeah, his like I said, his his song I want to say is my favorite song of of the first movie, um, and then also you know we're talking, talking about these deep baritones. It never ceases to amaze me how fucking low Terrence Zunich can whatever you say his name Zunich Zunich. I it's think how low he can sing. Yeah, like he gets so low. Like, like his I don't even know that he's has a bottom to his range. <laughs> he does it in Repo, and he does it in both of these movies as well. It's just like every time he does it, I go, how is that humanly possible Even just to his, drop your voice that low? Even it's just crazy. his talking voice is great. Yeah. You know? Like, oh, he yeah. was he was made for the stage, as far as I'm concerned. Absolutely. I mean, like I said, his, the way that he writes, because he writes all the music for these. Um, and one of the things, this one, the, the music supervisor was uh, Bashara. Um, what's oh, his name? Uh, John, uh, um, John, John Bashara. Is it John Bashara? Isn't it the guy who did uh, in, the Insidious yeah, movies? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, but Terrence, uh, Zuidich, uh, did the music for that. He wrote all the songs and everything else. And the way that he composes music is just super interesting to me. Um, and th- this movie in particular, like I said, the, the, the compositions are, um, they're very theatrical. They're very like, it's, 
the whole movie feels actually less like a movie and it feels more like you're watching a taped version of a live live stage show. Well, you know that's what it feels have like. Have you ever seen one like where they'll do, you know, they'll do um on TV, on NBC yeah. or something, every once in a while they'll do... They did one for Hamilton. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, oh, wait, for Hamilton? Yeah, they did. I didn't, I, yeah, I haven't seen that one, but they did uh, Jesus Christ Superstar. Yeah, that's what um, it felt like. Yeah. yeah. It, actually, like it didn't it, feel like a movie. It felt, it like, felt a like a stage show. Yeah. Which is, I think, which was the intended yeah. the intended purpose. Absolutely. Um, why the hell can't I... I can't even find his name either, which is pissing me off. Uh, Bashara. <laughs> Joseph. Is, is it, it Joseph Bashara? Is it? It might be. I don't know. I don't know. Whatever. It'll be a correction for next week. Yeah. Um, another character that is in this first movie that you get a little bit of a glimpse of, but then a lot more in the sequel, is the Painted Doll, mm. uh, played by Emily Autumn. I don't know much about Emily Autumn, but I know that she is a singer-songwriter. Um, my buddy Chris and his girlfriend are huge fans of hers. Oh, really? Uh, they actually went to go see her live when they were in uh, New York. It is um, Joseph Bashar. Joseph Bashar. okay. Um, <laughs> and she actually, it's funny, both her and Ogre, from Skinny Puppy. Skinny Puppy, yeah. Uh, they both played on the soundtrack to Saw 2, Darren Bowsman's uh, first Saw movie, and he had no idea they were even on that soundtrack. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, which is super weird. Yeah. <laughs> they, were, they must have been just contracted through the through their label in the movie studio, and he probably had no say over it. That's pretty wild. Yeah. I wonder, so I wonder if he found out about that before bringing them on for these movies. No, were no these he movies found out prior- afterwards. He oh. found out afterwards. It's weird because really I weird. was going to say, I like that Darren Lynn Bowsman is, uh, is one of these directors who has um, kind of a go-to group of people. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, um, well, obviously with these it, two, with these two movies, he's going to have a lot of the same people, but it seems well, like, like said, it seems like he works with a lot of the same people in all of his movies. Dayton Cali, like in Abattoir, you have a lot of the guys that were in Repo, you, you know, it's like, it, it's... Ogre was in Repo as well. Yeah. yeah like, uh, Bill Mosley. Panavega, Alexa yeah. Panavega was mm-hmm. as well. Like, um, also some more, cause I want to get through the cast here because the cast sure. is huge, but you also have Sean Crane, uh, Crayon, Crayon, I think it's Crayon, uh, who is clown in Slipknot. Yeah. He's the dude that bangs on the fucking the. <laughs> he uh, plays the, the keg. keg. <laughs> yeah, the keg. Um, so he's actually a director himself. Uh, he's oh, been he in, really? He's been in the film game for a little while. Yeah, I'm That's not cool. sure that he's done anything huge, but he's done some stuff, some acting and directing and whatnot. Uh, he was in this movie, uh, like we said, Bill Mosley played the magician, which he doesn't do a whole lot in either one of the movies, but it's really just cool having his presence there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's just cool to see him there. Um, I think we've touched on everybody that I care to touch about. Um, everybody that you care to touch I mean, about. Yeah. Ogre from Skinny Puppy played the twin. He's basically a shapeshifter. Um, yeah. That's pretty much uh, that's pretty much all I care about. Um, yeah, so I love the going to hell sequence. So this oh, well, you, did you mention Paul Sorvino? Did oh, I thought, yeah. Well, he plays God. Yeah, okay. He's only in this first movie, though, for a brief second at the yeah, beginning yeah. of the end. Yeah. Um, he comes in more in the sequel. Um, yeah, so this movie starts off by following the three characters that you end up following throughout the entire movie mm-hmm. uh, before they went to hell, like right before they they died, basically, and went to hell. And the going to hell sequence, I thought was really cool. Yeah. Like the way, this is the way that they handled life, death, hell. Like it was just really cool. Yeah. Um, that was... Uh, and it was... I, how did... I need to ask you something. Yeah. So the um, so obviously John played by Sean Flat, uh, Patrick Flannery he committed suicide. Right. 
killed himself over the death of his son. Right. So he committed suicide. You have um, Mary, Miss Marywood, who got killed by the police because right. she was a jewel thief. Mm-hmm. But then you have Tamara. All you see of her before she dies is that she's in a car and someone's trying to get in the car. He pulls a gun out. Oh, does he pull a yeah, gun out? Yeah, he pulls a gun out and says, you have till the count of three. And it's her and it's her boyfriend. Okay, okay. Which is why the whole... So it's really the devil cool. And the, or the, the frog and the... The scorpion. scorpion it's the frog, it's yeah. really cool how they... Um, so the death scenes are all directly correlated to what they experience with their own particular stories in hell. Yeah. So Sean Patrick Flannery, when uh, uh, John, when he goes to hell, his whole story is uh, he sees his son down there and he's trying to track down his mm-hmm. son. Um, when Tamara goes to hell, she meets this suave, cool dude, and she's really taken taken by him. And she's and and so in real life, her, she was killed by her boyfriend. She was obviously with the wrong type of guy like yep. she was attracted to the bad boy and the that scorpion. ended up yeah it ended up getting her killed and then with um what was uh brianna, uh, brianna miss mary marywood miss yeah miss marywood um she was a jewel thief in uh in real life yep and you know she was attracted it, she was trying to find the big old diamond and she kept picking yeah. stuff up and the guy so the guy that played the scorpion i could not did you ever watch was his name Mark Center? When you were in like elementary school, did you ever watch Beetleborgs? Beetleborgs. It was like the Power Rangers ripoff where they they were like Power Rangers or they were bugs. Basically, I, I don't think so. <laughs> there was a character that reminded me exactly of him, uh, and his name was Flabber. Flabber. Don't ask. He looks like Jay Leno in Beetleborgs, but it was the <laughs> it was the fucking hair. Look at this. I'm like, oh like, yeah, dude. Because because the guy, the the scorpion character, had literally plastic fake greaser hair. Yeah. And all I was thinking of was this guy. I can tell you from right, when I was a kid, the show I used to. watch. I can tell you right now that I would not have watched that show because <laughs> that looking at that guy makes me uncomfortable. Yeah, it was not a great show. Ooh. Um, he's that's too bizarre looking for me yeah jay leno though right it's funny i can i can (laughs) i can watch the most horrific stuff in horror movies but certain shows with like the like the the old dick tracy movie oh yeah with um uh warren Beatty. warren Beatty. Mm -hmm. that movie scared the shit out of me when i was younger it was i was i was always fascinated by um the uh what's his name the guy with no face uh (laughs) no face no no face (laughs) Wasn't it no face? Was that or was it blank face or something the like blank, that? The blank. The blank. The blank. Okay, yeah. I think that's what it's called. I Dude, was always no, fascinated the, by that guy. Some of the characters, uh, like who played Flat Top? It was a, it was a famous Pacino? person. No, was it William Forsyth? Yes. Yes, because William... Pacino was in it too, though. Pacino was in it, but he didn't he play Flat Top. He played the leader. Top. Yeah. He played I the leader, f- I thought. I think Flat Top was William Forsyth. Yep. He scared the shit out of me when I was younger, dude. Like I... It's it's when you have those movies and shows with the characters with over accentuated fe- uh, features and mm-hmm. makes them look like a caricature. I hate that. Yeah, that movie was outrageous too. Oh yeah. Have you seen it in a long time? Uh, it's been quite a few years. I bought it less than a year ago because I hadn't seen it in forever and it wasn't streaming anywhere. Yeah. It was like five bucks on Amazon, so I I bought it and re- revisiting it, it's nuts. Like yeah. it's how did this movie get fucking made? <laughs> like Warren Beatty must have been on drugs. I'll have to borrow it from you. Yeah, sometime. it's it's crazy. Um. One of the things that I um, before we move on from yeah. the, I, the scorpion's one of my favorite characters in the entire movie. Though. Yeah, he was great. Uh, he was great. He's I don't know, like the his I liked his musical number a lot. 
Um, I like I like the story. I like the parable of the the frog and the scorpion. Mm-hmm. Like I just think that's a very cool. Um, I think it's a cool story that a lot of people can relate to in real life too. Mm-hmm. And you and I were talking about how it uh, connects to the movie Drive, which I have yep. always found really awesome. Like it's which a I modern had... a modern retelling of the the frog and the scorpion. And I had no idea that was the case until you mentioned it. Oh really? Yeah. yeah. No idea. Um, but yeah, I love that whole set. Like his whole segment of the movie, I th- I think is so cool. Am I the only one that was watching this movie and I'm thinking to myself, hell looks really fun. <laughs> like I kind of want to go to hell. It's not that bad. <laughs> <laughs> it's really the people are cool. Well, only... there's there's hot clown chicks. There is like super hot clown chicks. Alexa Vega, dude. Her name was Wick. I don't know why the name Wick is like a hot clown name, but it is. <laughs> it is <hot. laughs> Well, like, I don't know why well, that we, is. We were watching it. We were watching it, and she's she's all done up like a weird clown and stuff. And I was, I looked at you. I was like, "So weird that I think she looks super hot like that." And I was like, "No, <laughs> no, that's just we're uh, even the even, wrong with us. Even the painted girl played by uh, Emily Autumn, like she was Baberino too. Oh, the, the doll, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, but yeah, hell, but looks here's super fun. Hell looks super fun if you're one of the carnies. But how oh do yeah, you, how do you become a carny? You know what I mean? Listen, like, like all the characters in the movie who went to hell and they went through their their trial, uh, they didn't become carnies. They just, I think, true. I think their soul just like went further into hell or something. Yeah, that's true. You know what I mean? I'd like some more backstory on this. Yeah, need some expose. Um, okay, so one thing that I will say was a negative about this, um, and because because it's made by the same people, I'm gonna always I'm gonna keep going back to it and comparing it to something like Repo, because to me that's a perfect musical, like a perfect modern musical, yeah. like 100. Um, percent And one thing that Repo did that was better was that there's zero dialogue in Repo. It's all singing all the time, zero actual speaking. Mm. I thought that the speaking parts in this movie and in the second one as well, they slowed the movie down considerably every time they'd go back to actual dialogue. And I just didn't think that it needed as much as they, they gave it. You know, even, even in a, even in a 55 minute long movie, I just didn't feel like they needed to do enough of it or didn't need to do that much of it. I think I liked it, but that's just because I, I like not only are the themes of the, of the two movies repo and and these movies not only are the themes way different but the vibe they were going for was way different like not like uh especially in hallelujah um they were going for like a lot of the dialogue the way it was delivered with like the really fast kind of quippy way of delivering lines it was supposed to come across as like a like a 19 19 uh 30s 1940s like hard-boiled cop sort of thing sometimes yeah. you know what i mean yep. um so i thought that was i thought that was really cool i i definitely like the songs and the the singing portions more in in these movies oh yeah but but i the dialogue doesn't really bother me yeah i don't know i just kind of felt like it was like unnecessary like i was just waiting to get to the next song because like when you're watching a musical <laughs> Yeah, that's kind of why you're watching it. Like, yeah. like I want to hear them singing. I like all these different characters. I want to hear. I would much rather hear more of the characters get chances to sing than just more of the same people talking all the time. You know what I'm saying? Like, the one, I think th- the one thing I'll say though is uh, the way Terrence Zunich writes uh, his songs. He, like his songs are super, super wordy. Sure. So the dialogue to me seems like more of a break. 
where you're where you're kind of like you get to slow down and actually kind of take in a little more of the story because he packs a lot of information into each one of his songs. Yeah, I I agree, but I think that like all the only dialogue that you really needed in this movie would have been him reading the stories, like his narration, the overarching over, narration, you know, yeah. connecting the scenes and the stories. Sure, but the individual characters, I just didn't think needed as much. They could have done all of that in song, mm-hmm. and that just just kind of makes the whole thing feel more. Uh, cohesive I think as a musical yeah. that's just me I yeah. just wish there was more of it I guess well, um, and that's not to say that it was bad because I'm not, I'm not saying that it was bad I just wish that there was more of that I guess I'm more I'm more used to <laughs> after uh, you know like the past few years of watching Disney movies with my kids I'm used to the idea of a musical being a lot of dialogue and then sure. songs in between well even Jesus Christ Superstar we were just talking about mm-hmm. has tons of dialogue yeah you know so I understand that that's how they're normally done but Again, because I love Repo so much and how they did it, it's like anything else. Is there else, really no dialogue in zero. Repo? There is zero dialogue in that really? movie. Really? Yeah. There's there's once there's one scene in the very very beginning that he's talking over music, so I guess that's could be considered dialogue. Yeah. But it's brief. It's only like two lines. Right. Um. But yeah, other than that though, there's absolutely zero uh, huh. zero dialogue. I was listening to someone talk about it before. Actually, it might have been Bowsman. And he was saying like the difference between a musical and a rock opera is one has dialogue and one doesn't. And I mm. want to say Repo is a rock opera. Like there's no dialogue, whereas a musical has both. Okay. I think that's how it is at least. Yeah. But um, I don't know. Like I said, it wasn't like I said, I'm not saying that the movie was bad for it or anything like that. Just, you know, personal preference. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, did you have a favorite musical number? Um, like I said, I I really liked the I really liked the entire Scorpion um storyline. I just think he's a cool character. Uh, but as far as a favorite, I'm trying to go through. I really like the the Ian Moody one. Is that his name? Ian Moody? Yep. Ivan, Ivan. Ivan L. Moody. I love that one. I think that's a cool number. Mm-hmm. Um, I, remember, I remember the first time I saw this movie not particularly liking the Dolls musical number. And I liked it a lot more this time The around. Panavega one? No, no, no. The uh, the doll, the girl with the broken face. She didn't have a. Oh, she did she have it. She did. She did. Yeah, full, she did. She did. Um, yeah, I, I like hers a lot too. She's a very interesting singer. She, Super interesting. singer. What I didn't like about her the first time, she'll do that thing where her voice breaks from her chest voice into her chest voice into a uh, a falsetto. It's like a half yodel. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah, yeah. I, I like the first time I saw this movie, I I fucking hated that, but yeah. I actually liked it a lot it's, more this time around. She's very good at it. Oh yeah, she's, she's great. very very good at it. Like, yeah, I, I just that takes so much vocal control to be able to sing like that. Well, I just did like, it, she's dude. extremely talented. I just did it. Not nearly as good as her, <laughs> uh, and you don't look as good doing it. Um, I really liked the um, the Alexa Panavega. Um, scene it's her so she's so Panna Vega is one of the carnies she's actually one of the only clown girls that has a name yeah because uh, she's probably the more, most important one but there's a scene where her and her clown chicks have uh, a small musical number and I really like that as well yeah and this one I thought that was good I like her voice a lot though yeah um she does that sort of like like that <laughs> I'm gonna I'm just gonna call it like whiny nine, yeah. whiny 90s bitchy sort oh, of yeah. sounding yeah. voice you know what I mean but 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 she does it with a good voice though oh too. yeah like her yeah, voice yeah. is pleasing to the ear yeah it's oh not definitely like, it's, it's just, not whiny in a bad way it's just whiny as a descriptor yeah that's what it yeah that's what yeah. i meant like it just it, it has like this kind of 90s grungy quality to it mm-hmm. but uh 
but at the same like she plays the role of a clown very well you yeah. know what i mean because it kind of makes you it kind of makes her sound like she's making fun of you the whole time yeah which i like um okay so the end of this movie and we have to talk about the end because it directly ties into the next movie is that uh lucifer you know the you know uh is he's basically bored in hell and he wants to change things up he wants yeah. to change the rules it's become stale and stagnant to him. And so he decides to basically send one of the fallen souls that came down to hell back up to God, which is a big no-no against the rules. And essentially he wants to start a war with heaven. And that's how the movie ends. So moving on now to Alleluia, the Devil's Carnival. Um, Once again, directed by Darren Bowsman. This is the movie where the war starts basically and they're they're plotting all the both sides are plotting their ways most of this movie takes place actually in a flashback and it's the story of the painted doll of uh emily autumn's movie yeah or or, uh, a character um now you realized it was her the first time you saw her right oh yeah okay just making sure yeah (laughs) well she we we mentioned that she looked like uh, lady gaga a little bit yeah in in the first movie and so when you see her in the second movie without any of the makeup on or anything like that she's still looks like her yeah yeah um yeah so this is the movie it starts off in the beginning of it they're on this this train and opens up with a uh with lucifer singing a number and they're on this train dropping off all these souls back up to heaven basically and he's just flooding heaven with souls trying to get a reaction out of god yeah um paul sorvino's god is a much bigger character in this movie and he is a dick He's a God's an asshole. He's a mafioso, yeah. basically. Like yeah. he's 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 the head of the mob, um, the god which is mob. <laughs> the, the mob god, which is you know that's that's how they portray him anyway. Um, and it's uh, it's such an interesting. <laughs> the whole story is so interesting. Like the the way they portray him is sort of a, um, I don't want to say tyrant, but just like oh, a, he's a tyrant. That's he, a good way of putting it. Yeah. It's it's not like he it's not like he like to me a tyrant I picture a tyrant ruling with like a an iron fist like ruling through fear his is more like he makes people love and respect him but also fear him a little bit at the same time yeah it's like an abusive relationship yeah basically. sort of yeah it's it's really it's really interesting um so we do have some new faces added to this cast. Uh, a lot of people did not come back. You know, like you didn't have uh, Moody didn't come back. Um, uh, who else didn't come back? Um, uh, it, it, I'll say this: there was so there was an after. Just going back to the Devil's Carnival real quick. After the credits started rolling, there was a musical number between uh, Terrence uh, Zunich mm-hmm. and Jessica Lowndes. Yep, and it made it seem like she was kind of uh, making a deal with the devil, where instead of her soul being eternally damned or whatever, she was basically giving giving herself up to, I don't know, like maybe it, it kind of seemed to me like they were going to uh, fornicate. Uh, I'm pretty sure they did. Pretty and, sure they did. And I didn't know if I, I didn't know how to take that, like if they were going to, if they were trying to make a, you know, a child for the devil or if she, if, if she was going to become, you know, his his partner or something like that. But she doesn't return at all. Which, that was she. That so was, that part um, of the story just seemed unless they're going to make a third movie and she comes back. At that some was Tamara, right? Tamara, yeah, yeah. Because Miss, because Miss Marywood, Brianna uh, Evigan, she returned. 
Right. She's got a pretty big role in the second movie. Oh, actually. and by the way, that song that they do is one of my favorites in that movie too. At the very end. Yeah, the, that's good. Da, 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 heave ho, heave ho. The, it's the whole thing is about a ship going down, but you know. You which know, wait, which which song? The, the one the in the credits. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. Oh man, that's a great song. I thought you were for some reason. I thought you were talking about the opening song in the second movie because I was not a fan of it. No, the opening um, song in the second movie, I really disliked. Well, so a lot. here's so here's the thing. Um. Let me let me finish my my thought from before. Just sure. Let's not be so uh, fragmented here. Uh, Tech Nine is a new character. Oh yeah. Uh, in this, he plays the librarian. Yeah. Uh, Dayton Kelly is back. Uh, Ogre is back. Emily Autumn is back. Mark Sensor uh, as the Scorpion is back. Uh, Adam Pascal plays a character called the Agent. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's new. Uh, Paul Servino kind of, is back. He's kind of well. You would think God's right hand man, but he's actually more referred to as God's lap dog. Yeah. In this movie, which is basically what he is, yeah. Uh, Barry Bostwick was in this movie. He played the Watch Lord. Uh, oh, was he? Do you know who that is? Yeah, I do. Um, <laughs> I I know him best as the mayor from Spin City. Oh wow, I didn't even know he was in that. Um, no, he was Brad from Rocky Horror Picture, the original Rocky Horror oh, Picture show. Yeah, I had no idea who that who that was until I was like going through the cast. Here. I was like, oh shit, <laughs> he's right at home in a musical. Um, Bria Grant uh, played one of the uh, the bayonets, the rosy bayonets. Mm-hmm. I love Bria Grant. Uh, David Mofucking Hasselhoff. Oh damn! Uh, had maybe my favorite song in this uh, in this movie. I loved his song. He's which one? When he's being the tyrant around the table and with all the slave workers, basically, oh, yeah. he's singing the song. Oh, he was he's, great. He's Hasselhoff plays the designer in heaven. Yep. Actually, so, his monologue, his opening monologue song was really good, too. Yeah. Where he's on the screen or whatever. Yeah. That, so, the whole thing was good. So he's the designer in heaven. He's in, he's in charge of all the, uh, um, you know, like keeping keeping all the people, keeping God and keeping all the angels and the workers and stuff. Keeping them looking fresh. Just looking, you know, fresh in all their sartorial splendor. <laughs> sartorial splendor. <laughs> and that's that's his job. So his face is always all done up with makeup. And he's very flamboyant yep. and just like, it was a great role. And Hasselhoff killed it. He absolutely killed it. There's a reason that he's huge in Germany, okay? Oh, yeah. Huge. <laughs> um, Christina Klieb. I love me some Christina Klieb. Yeah. Um, she played the the um, Geraldine. Uh, basically, she's the the lead <laughs> singer of like this musical group that's uh, that entertains the people in heaven. She was kind of a sleeper because I didn't even realize it was her at first. Oh yeah, but it was it was after she probably had three or four scenes that I finally realized, I was like, holy shit! Yep, I and she ends up there. becoming uh, God's number one, which basically is just God just for sexu- over sexualizing women and taking advantage of them. Just for like <laughs> a day, much just for like a day though. Yeah, well, because he, he fired her. Yeah, he. F- Which I don't know. I feel like he'd fire Christina Klieb. because she's, she's fucking gorgeous. Because her cheeks were frowning. That's what he said. Listen, I wasn't looking at her cheeks. And then she had that creepy. <laughs> then she had that creepy Chelsea smile for the rest she did, of the time. Yeah, yeah, that was weird. Oh my god, that makes sense. Now. That was her. He, yeah, okay. He said her yep. cheeks were frowning, and the yep. agent said, "I'll have the designer take care of it." Yep. Didn't so even that didn't that, even dawn on me. So she had right. a big like Joker smile for the rest of the movie. But she's like feeding him like grapes, like topless or whatever, and it's like, what are you what are you mad at here, guy? <laughs> come, come on. Um, let's see here. Uh, Jayla Rose, not a big role, but Jayla Rose. Jayla Rose was in the first in movie too. Oh, was he? Yeah, he was the guy that I said looked like Kurt Russell. 
Oh, he had you're the he had right. the big mustache. Yep, he looked yep. like Kurt Russell okay. in the uh, Hateful Eight. Oh, well, he played the major. Yeah. Um. Let's see. Bill Mosley returned, and then you had a small role played by Jimmy Urin. I know that you know who Jimmy Urin is. Oh yeah. What role did he play? He was translator Benz, and I I best of what I can think is there's the guy and the girl who look like the toy soldiers. Those were two of my favorite roles they were in the great. entire movie. She was, was that great. him? I think that was him. Really? I think I couldn't I couldn't figure out who else he would have been. You know, these a lot of these he characters look, are under like, so much makeup it's hard to like tell Michael, who's who. He looked like Michael Sarah. Oh, I didn't see that at all. You didn't? No, was, I, didn't I, I think it was just cuz he was so skinny and and sort of like scrawny, you know what I mean? And Jimmy Urany. Um that's the thing though like like I said a lot of these guys are under a lot of makeup or prosthetics so it's kind of tough to tell who's who. Uh, sometimes I'm looking at a picture of Jimmy Urany right now and you're totally right. That's it, definitely him. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, they were great. Uh, like I said, her actually was better. The female counterpart to him, she was my favorite of the two. I, yeah, I well, I, they were great as a duo, but yeah. yeah, she was fantastic. Yep. So who played the other? Was I he, don't know. He was the one translator. I don't know. There's a lot of people that were just kind of unknowns in this movie. Mm. Um. Um. Okay, so let's get don't, into. Well, don't skip over Lyndon Smith. She was. She played Cora. Oh, I think I did. Yeah, I apologize. You definitely did. Yep. That's the most important one. Um, because she's hi. That's that's not untrue. She's, There's lots of babes in this movie. She's she's the babest of all of them. <laughs> who is the mirror mirror on the wall? Who's the babeliest? Who's of the them all? who's the babest of them all, bro? <laughs> Definitely Lyndon Smith. It's the dark, um, it's dark hair and light eyes, man. Okay, and she smiles with her whole face. She does. That's that's very true. Um, I'm just gonna go ahead and say it. Okay, I did not enjoy this movie near as much as I wanted to. Really. Uh, I, first off, you go from a movie, the first movie that's 55 minutes long. Yeah. This movie, the second movie is an hour and 47 minutes long. It's almost double in length. Yeah. And it didn't need to be. It absolutely did not. They could have cut almost 45 minutes out of this movie and it would have been perfectly fine. I'm not sure I agree. I, I just felt like it was way too long winded. Cause it was a lot one, of the... it was one story this time. Yeah. If it was multiple stories, I feel it, like it, nah, it, it wasn't one story though. Yeah, it was the all the flashback stuff was one story. He was reading the one story out of the uh, Aesop's Fable book because he was reading it to the girl, to the person in the uh, green cloak. Yeah, but it wasn't just a flashback. You were seeing stuff from back in the day, and then you were also seeing stuff from current times. Well, sure, but that's no different than the first movie where he would read a story, and then all the current time stuff would be in between as well. Yeah. So it's kind of set up the same way. It's just, instead of there being multiple stories, it's just every time it would go back to a story, it was the same one. But you also have an origin story in this with the doll. Yep. You have, um, you have, uh, like her, her whole story takes a lot because it's, it's her kind of falling for the agent, but also using him to try and get more amenities in heaven. Yep. Uh, kind of, um, you know, get doing the doing the 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 mortal sin of looking for more knowledge than she's supposed to be privy to, mm-hmm. which is kind of you know like sort of a sort of a, an allegory for Eve. Well, uh, the, the book that the she eating, stole eating, had an apple eating on from it. the tree. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it kind of makes sense that they added more to it. I, I just was, thought it was a bit long. I was, was ready a... for it to be over by the time we got to the end. Really? Yeah, I was. Oh, I really liked well, it, man. And I think part of the reason why I was like that is because I really didn't care for a lot of the compositions of the songs. I just didn't like they hmm. did, they didn't flow anywhere near as well as the ones in the first movie. Like they like you said very wordy. They were like very they were very wordy. A lot of times they didn't even they didn't even 
I don't want to say sound good because they they all had their their own style to them, but there was it was almost like they were too complicated. It's kind of interesting. I don't know if this is uh, um, Zunich. Why can't I think of his first name? Terrence. Terrence. I don't know if this is just Terrence Zunich's uh, style of writing and like when he's composing things, he he means for there to be like a lot of blue notes in the in the songs. I think he does. But typically when you're typically when you hear blue notes, it's all instrumental. Like it'll be it'll be a, a guitar chord with a like a weird dissonant note yeah. in there that um you know just kind of breaks up the breaks up the the harmony of everything. But a lot of times in both of these movies, the blue note comes in the form of a vocal, which is weird. You don't hear that very often. Well, that's an, that's another thing about these songs. When you compare it to something like Repo that he also did, right? Mm-hmm. Repo is very instrument heavy. Mm-hmm. These two movies are not instrument heavy at all. The vocals are the mainstay. Like, right. They're the main part of it. So it makes sense to me that those blue notes would be in the vocal and not, sure. not the instrument part. That's one of the reasons I didn't like the opening song. There was parts of that opening song where I was just like, oh, oh. rough, man. Like, it's just like, I, I get and maybe it, what he was going for, but it just doesn't sound and good. And it went on for too long. Yeah. Like, that was one of those ones where I was like, you could have cut three or four repetitions of sure. the chorus out of this. Sure. Because there, there was nothing new happening. He was just pacing back and forth on that train while Brianna Avigan threw coal into the, uh, to the burner. You yeah. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, there really wasn't much going on. Um, yeah, it's it, so that was kind of tedious. I I was like I was five minutes into the movie and that musical number wasn't done yet, and I was like, oh boy, like, yeah, it's like, I hope on, it's move, not it's like all moving, like moving yeah, along. That's on. that's why I think this movie ran long to me because I was doing that a lot. I was like, <clears> I would start a musical number and then I'd be like, all right, come on, let let, let let's go. It's it's I don't know, just it felt very long winded to me. You got a thing. lot. You got a. Did you? I I'd go. I'd I'd like to go back and actually compare to see how many. Uh, musical numbers you got though i feel like you got a lot more musical numbers in the second movie though well there's which, almost an hour or more of movie which makes up for a lot of that time though you know what i mean mm. yes yes and no um i will say this i like the idea that they basically made heaven look like the hell like heaven was terrible yeah Heaven sucked. <laughs> you know, it really did. You had God was basically like an overlord. All the people that just blindly follow him and just pay allegiance to 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 him for no reason simply because they're supposed to. It's well, you know. te- yeah, Tech Nine song because Tech Nine was the librarian. He mm-hmm. was in he was in charge of uh, all all of the heavenly texts. And then uh, as as punishment after um, the doll, what was the doll's actual name? Um, Jade. Uh, what Jade? Was it? Jade? I think it was Jade. Oh, I'm looking at the wrong movie. Am I looking at the wrong movie? It's, no, she's still just called the Painted Doll. Uh, uh, the, oh, the Painted Doll. Okay. Yeah. I want to say it was Jane or Jade or something like that. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, But uh, after, so after she is punished, the rest of the, the applicants for heaven, because that's what this whole movie is following a group of applicants, like mm-hmm. trying to get into heaven. And... Uh, um, so Tech Nine, oh, oh whoa, that's a bad <laughs> Tech Nine's uh, musical number comes in where he says, "You all need to be punished." So you're gonna you're gonna put every single uh, volume in this in this library in order, and then you're gonna tear it all back down and do it again, and you're gonna do that over and over and over until you understand, you know, why you're doing it. And his song runs down the levels. In heaven, you can be one of seven levels. Mm-hmm. If you're level one, you're you're the closest to God that you can possibly get. If you're a level seven, you're literally a workhorse who is down in the stables yep. 
uh, preparing food and garments and stuff like that. Yeah. The level above that, your your job is literally to just sit around and praise God all day. So it's like it really, it really does have a way of kind of like uh, uh, what it has. It ha- this movie has a way of making heaven seem like it's uh, a chore. Like it's not a fun place to be. Yeah, it's at least not, at least on the first couple of levels, yeah. you know, <laughs> it's not this great, amazing place that like everyone thinks that it is. It's, right. It's really all about doing one thing, and that is just praising God, and that is it. Well, and it and it and it kind of it, it it's 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 funny because when you when you learn in church about heaven, it's like in heaven you just you just you sing the praises of God all day because it's He's given you eternal life, and that's ex- that's just what you want to do. You want to stand around all day and sing praises to God, and it's like this takes that idea and puts a spin on it where it's like, well, maybe it's not because you want to be standing around singing praises to God all day. It's because that's the level that you're on, and you're made to do that. There's a um, like that's what you're worthy of. You a, you made it to that level of heaven. Yeah, there's a there's a poster in the background of the library that I thought was funny. It's a picture of of God, Paul Servino, and then it's it's sort of like an old like army recruitment poster where it's like, "What can you do for your country?" But <laughs> underneath it, it says, "What can you do to sacrifice for your God today?" Or something like that. It's like <laughs> yeah. it's just literally all about that. Yeah, like yeah. it's all give no take like right. it's you know and um yeah i think that uh like i said i i wanted wanted like this movie a lot more than i did there's other issues like i i don't know it wasn't without its it wasn't without its good stuff i thought that um god's agent the guy that was played by um adam pascal yeah, who i swear to god is a twin brother of jeff corwin Jeff Corwin, yeah, I got a lot. The animal guy, I got a lot of Zachary (laughs) Levi from him too. I could see that as well. You know what I mean? I just got Jeffrey Corwin for some reason. I don't know why. (laughs) Like I just see him like like stopping and seeing and then go and pick up a chipmunk and telling me all about this this cute little chipmunk. Um, but his I liked his song, uh, a lot. He's a great singer. Uh, they're in like this bar basically, like this club, and he gets and uh, he had another number in the credits too. Did you see? Yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah, he's got a he's got good range. Yeah, you know, he's really good. Um, yeah. The first one when they're in the club, though, he was singing a song that the only way that I can describe it is it sounded like the Squirrel Nut Zippers. It oh, was, yeah. It was like this kind of jazzy rock fusion kind of thing, and it was really, really cool. And I really, really dug it. You know what's funny? I'm I'm thinking like the, because uh, the, Squirrel Nut Zippers were the, uh, what the hell was the was name? Was Zoot Suit Riot? No, that was, no, that wasn't them. No, that the was. Squirrel Nut Zippers was. Uh, um, oh, It was fuck. something about hell, wasn't it? Was it? Didn't they have a song about hell? Um, they might. Or, or maybe the music video had them dressed up like they were in hell or something like that. But didn't the singer have like a really shitty painted on pencil thin mustache? He oh lo- God, you're he testing lo- my knowledge. He now. looked like Bill Mosley. Yes, there was a song called Hell that the uh, Squirrel and Zippers did. He looked like Bill Mosley as the magician in these movies. Didn't <laughs> he? Yeah, yeah. I think you're right. Actually, uh-huh. um, <laughs> I'm trying to figure out what song it was that they. I think uh, Hell was the one that they were like really. Oh, he didn't. He didn't have a. I'm looking at uh, stills from the music video. He didn't have a pencil thin mustache. No. I don't think. Okay. But um, uh, anyway, though, yeah, I um. Uh, that's but that song reminded me of was was them, uh, the Tech Nine rap in the in the library. He just started to do some cool rapping at the end, and mm. then it ended. I was really hoping for like a really awesome because he's he's I the keeper kinda, of words though. Like I actually kind of like that they. 
that they just slightly underutilized his rap. I like they they because if as soon as I saw him, I knew it was Tech Nine. Sure, because he's he's got a pretty unmistakable look. Yeah, because <laughs> I don't I don't think it's I don't think it's beyond him in real life to actually put gold glitter in his beard. Um, <laughs> but I knew it was Tech Nine, and I was like, I was expecting a rap song and I was like, oh well he's a rapper. They're gonna use a rap. and then and then they had him singing. I was like, oh that's actually kind of yeah. a nice that's kind of a nice uh but uh, kind of a nice surprise. And then they just sort of teased his rap abilities right at the end. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was just enough. But like the way I look it, at it though is that he's the keeper of words. So he should be the one that is the absolute best at reciting those words. And doing a really cool rap would be the way to do that. But the part that he did sort of rap, he was like a half sing, half rap mm-hmm. kind of thing. It it was cool. Yeah, it was. Yeah. I, I said I like that part. I just, I kinda wanted more though, that's all. Yeah, he's cause in real life he's he's got like some speed rapping chops, doesn't he? Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's what so he, I that's guess, one of the things he's known for. I, so I guess it would have been kind of cool if he would have, yeah, thrown some of that in there. But also I bring up the uh the agent, the Adam Pascal Squirrel nut zipper guy. Yeah. Uh, apparently, that part was originally written specifically for Neil Patrick Harris, which oh, would really? have been great. Yeah. He would have been fantastic in that role. Yeah. Um, not only is he a fantastic singer, but it just, that's, I don't know why he didn't do it. I'm, you know what, though? I don't know. Um, I like, I like, I like Neil Patrick Harris a lot, and I like his singing voice for certain roles, but the way that this guy, like, this guy had, uh, had that sort of um what's the word that I'm trying to look for? I, I don't know, James. I'm, I'm bad at words this time of night. Um he had the uh What do you mean? It's only two o'clock in the morning. Uh <laughs> uh bravado, is that the word I'm looking yeah, for? Yeah. He had that I just don't think that Neil Patrick Harris would have been able to you don't recreate. Think so? No, not yeah, really. Fair enough. Even though he's Bar- Barney Stinson and not Barney <laughs> is it Barney Stinson? Is that his name? God, You're I'm, the one that I'm, watched the show, not I'm, me. I'm I'm terrible at everything right now. Um, I just don't think that he would have been like the uh, like the the suave, debonair kind of guy that Pascal was made to look like in that moment. You know what I mean? Yeah, fair enough. I, I that's just my personal opinion. I think that I just like NPR in anything. So oh, for sure. I would have loved to see him in this. Did you ever see the um the um well god what was it? It was the musical, it was NPR, um Nathan Fillion and it was directed by um Dr. Horrible's oh, single. Yeah. yeah. Did you ever see that? It's so good. No, I never have. Oh, it's great. You'd love it. Um okay. I, I got my word pretty close, by the way. Bravado. Bravado. Blustering swaggering conduct. There you go. Which is I mean, swaggering for sure. Yeah. Because his whole point was be he was hitting on uh jade or on the, the doll yeah on the doll before she was the doll yeah um so this movie basically is though her story she's the main character of this of this movie um it's all about how she was a recruit to go into heaven and like you had said earlier she wanted to f- she wanted more information than she was supposed to be given she stole an armband at one point in time to become a number one even though she didn't earn it um it's kinda, I, you said she's the she's the main character of this movie I, it's kind of weird because i i feel like the lead was sort of split between her and cora yeah, I could, I could may, definitely see or that. Or maybe I just want that to be the case because... Because uh, she's fine. I don't know what you're doing under the table over there, but knock it off. My hands are right here. 
That's what you say. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I can see how it would be split between the two of them. No, but I, her yeah, story just... is what furthers is is was the the part is her story keeps the 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 narrative moving forward though, right? Right. Because everything that she does is what keeps it moving. I will say this about that storyline. Uh, do you think at any point in time it was supposed to be not completely obvious what was going to happen? It, they telegraphed it enough. I mean, I don't know. Because first of all, you know, you know, she, you know, she's the doll from the second you see her. Yeah. In in heaven. Yeah. Right. Like she's she's got a pretty unmistakable look. Um, and then she gets her face beaten in by the by the uh, translators, which is how she gets the crack. Which is how she gets look. the crack in her. And then the uh, the storyline that's set up where um, God is sending his lapdog. Uh, Pascal, whatever the hell his name, the 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 agent, yeah, down to hell to negotiate. It's it was all it was all pretty obvious what was gonna like. You knew that you knew that the devil, the the person that he was sitting there talking to, who was wearing the cloak over their face, like I well, knew that was the doll from almost the moment she walked. They in. They give away almost exactly what happens in the beginning because you have uh, Clayton, um, Dayton Callie's character, the, the ticket keeper. He's trying to organize hell. He's trying to figure out what they're doing because he's freaking out that Lucifer is starting this war and they have no defenses. They have no plan, right? And so he's he's trying to put together this plan the entire time and he, he goes to all the carnies at one point in time <clears> in the <throat> beginning of the movie and he goes, we have a problem here basically saying we don't have a plan this and that and all the carnies start coming up with their own plans mm -hmm. that plan is essentially what happened at the end of the movie yeah so they kind of gave it away at the beginning but right. they did a good job of making you forget about it right um and it's and it's kind of cool because what they end up doing is they send miss um mary what mary wood, miss mary wood they yeah. send her up to heaven and she's kind of like this false flag right like heaven they they take her into these uh uh interrogation rooms and then the 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 two the translators the two are, translators yeah. are about to like beat the fucking shit out of her like <laughs> she gets saved and like she's up there this entire time as kind of this false flag and you come to find out at the end of the movie that it actually isn't her and it's the twin who is shape-shifting ogre uh, it's ogre yeah. yeah and so when they send um the uh the agent down to hell you know his relationship with the painted girl or the painted doll in the flashbacks comes back to bite him in the ass because God basically tasked him to get close to her and then deceive her is basically what he tasked him to do. Wait, God tasked the agent to get close to the girl to get close to the doll. Yeah. Yeah. But then, but, but not, not, but for bad reasons though. <laughs> Oh yeah. So and then so when he did that, when he deceived her and left her to rot basically at the end, she got yeah. sent back to hell. The whole end of the movie is this now you're back in present time and she's getting her revenge on him for right, right. for everything that he did to her. Okay, yeah, I missed a yeah. part of what you said. So um, it's just kind of a cool thing how they weave the stories in and out and yeah. I, I, I did like I did enjoy that part. Um I just wish they would have gotten to it faster. <laughs> <laughs> it's my one big criticism of this movie. It just didn't need to be that long. Um there was a, there was a, so I, I don't know if there's much to this. First of all, I liked, I liked how they did the, the flashback. Uh, they went back to hell when, uh, Dayton Callie, the ticket keeper and Lucifer were basically like young men and they, yeah. and they were like 
kind of just starting off off their journey into building this carnival mm-hmm. like he also had um, a pencil line mustache yeah lucifer <laughs> had a pencil thin mustache his horns were smaller he was dressed like an old like 1920s uh director with let's, the with the weird big pants and let's stuff. say this though pretty fucking dapper devil yeah not bad right? looking <laughs> right i mean i almost i almost can't blame the chick at the end of the movie for getting down with him Oh, I mean, well. if you're going to get down with the devil, would you rather have that devil or like Tim Curry's devil in legend? Can you imagine that thing staring down at you? I don't know. It's still pretty damn sexy. <laughs> I don't know. The, the slick back horns. Like, he was, I don't know. He was a good looking devil. <laughs> no, I actually was going to say, like, out of all the devil portrayals in in any movie, this one is one of my favorites. Oh, I he's think. great. Yeah. Uh, I think I like him a little better in the first movie think so i think it was the lighting like he just looked more sinister in the first movie what look did you like the best his clown makeup look his no makeup look or at the very end that blue like war paint that, that was, blue war paint was badass that was pretty cool that wasn't so my cool. that wasn't my favorite i think i think the one in the first movie was my favorite where it was like white makeup with the the, the yellow black. the yellow circles yep. down at the that, the black eyes. I think that was my probably my favorite. Yeah. Um it's a cool look. Like, who's actually, ever put clown makeup do, on the devil? Yeah. I actually do like the fact that he like probably three or four times throughout these movies changed his makeup though. Mm-hmm. I thought that was really cool. Um so I I liked the idea like the fact that they flashed back and they kind of showed these two guys who were partners in hell building hell up and then uh Oh, the one thing I want to bring up, this is kind of interesting. It's it's complete coincidence, but I'm listening to another Stephen King novel right now, and it's from 2020. So it's, it's his newest novel. Oh, okay. It's called If It Bleeds. Yeah. And there's a, a Jewish tradition that I have never heard of because uh, I'm not Jewish <clears throat> and I'm not super familiar with the Jewish faith, but I just I just heard about it in this book, If It Bleeds, and they do it in this movie. What's that? At least seemingly. When uh when the doll is finally, you know, she gets beaten and thrown down to hell and she is confronted by the devil and all of his all of his people and they're standing in a circle and she's kind of being like won over by the dark side. He reaches down to his shirt and tears a piece of his shirt off and then everybody in the crowd does the same thing. That's a that's a Jewish tradition at funerals. Um, I feel like I've seen something like that before, but never knew what it was. It's called kriya or kriya. Okay, and it's a it's a it's a it's a Jewish tradition where when somebody in the family dies, like if it's your mother or your father, then you're supposed to tear or cut your um your garment on your left side over your heart, or if it's somebody in your extended family, like an aunt or an uncle, you tear your garment on your right side. So it's just symbolic, basically. It's a symbolic thing, and then they, they wear what that. What's the symbology the behind symb- <laughs> And then they wear that piece of fabric somewhere on their person for like the next seven days, seven seven to 30 days, depending on how much you're mourning. Again, I feel like I've seen that before, because it sounds vaguely familiar. Yeah. Uh, um, I just probably never knew what it was. Though. I just thought it was. I thought it was just an interesting point because I I literally just learned about it listening to the Stephen King novel, and mm-hmm. then they started doing it in the movie. I go, that's kind of weird. Like, why would they be doing something that is typically a a Jewish faith tradition? 
And I wondered if there was some sort of symbolism there. Um, Symbology, kind, if you will. I mean, there could be. I mean, just with faith and all that. I mean, there maybe we're missing something, but I'm sure it's there for a reason, you know? Yeah. Unless one of them is just Jewish. <laughs> I mean, who knows? I, I mean, <laughs> I have no idea. Is the devil Jewish? It c- could be. <laughs> um, yeah. So anyway, that's... Uh, Jesus, I, Jesus was Jewish. Yeah. Before he fucked that whole thing up and made a whole brand new uh brand new faith, right? That's awful. Um <laughs> that is one thing, not to get off topic here, but that is one thing that can always confuse the hell out of me though. Jesus was a Jew. If you were trying to follow him in his footsteps, wouldn't you just be fucking Jewish? Um Well no. <laughs> it's everything that he believed in. Yeah, but then Christianity came about because of him dying for But he didn't believe in that. Well he did. I he he said that he would <laughs> I'm just saying <laughs> <laughs> he said that he was sent by his father to pay for the you know pay for the the mortal sins of man. That's a really egotistical stance to take. Oh boy. <laughs> Going on we're <laughs> I I mean we could get into this conversation but I don't think we should with uh, that's not with an hour fifty two on the yeah. Clock. That's not um, um, okay. So I would definitely recommend these movies, um, especially the first one. I think over the second one for me personally, you have much higher opinion of the second one than I did. Um, I still like the first one better, but uh, I did really enjoy the second one. I would say that even though, um, even if these movies were worse than than we were saying that they are, which were not. Even if these movies were bad, right? I would say they're definitely still worth checking out because there's very few movies like this on the market. Yeah. Um, horror, horror and genre-themed musicals are are like the smallest subgenre. Like I think of the entire and, horror genre. And one of the coolest. Oh yeah, I love honestly, them. I love them. I love them. I I love horror-based musicals. Yep. Sweeney Todd is one yep. of my favorite movies. I, I love these two movies. I think I own all of them that we have discovered at this point. Um, like I have, do you have Doctor Horrible? I have Doctor Horribles. I need I to have, watch that. I've never seen it before. I have Sweeney Todd movies. I have um, or movie Repo. These two. Um, actually, excuse me, I lied. I don't own these two because they're absurdly expensive. Oh, they yeah. only ever came out in very limited runs. You uh, don't own the first one? No, I swore you own the first one. Nope, they no. only came out in very limited runs, and you can only get them through Bo- uh, Darren Lebowsman himself. Oh, sure. Uh, or through the Devil's Carnival website. Yeah. Um. And they're long out of print at this point. Of course. Um, but yeah, like Stage Fright I own. Um, yeah, I just love them. I love horror musicals. They're great. Oh, Stage Fright. I forgot about that yeah. one. Yeah, it's fantastic. Um, yeah, so it's just such a cool subgenre. And yeah, mm-hmm. I, I wish more people would do it. Yeah, so I would say, like I said, check it out. Even if it's just a curiosity, you'll you'll have fun with them. Um, and you can you can find these ones easily on Tubi. Yep. T-U-B-I. Uh, it's a free app. Yeah, get it. There's built-in beer breaks. Yeah, there's built-in beer breaks. Every once in a while, there's a uh, thirty to sixty-second beer break. Yep. Get up, <laughs> and rock, I think rock a piss, grab a beer, come back, you're good to go. Exactly. It's the perfect setup. Um, it, what was there? Maybe three breaks throughout yeah, each of the it's, movies. It's not, so it's, it's not, not many, bad no. at all. Um, and they're they're on there. They're free. Mm-hmm. So just do it. The guilt-free free movies. Exactly. Boom, baby. All right, James. Um, that is it for this episode. Next <laughs> week. What are we doing next week? Next week. Oh, boy. It's fucking Psycho Pike week. And I am oh, yeah. so, <laughs> I am so flipping excited. You have no idea. Psycho Pike and what? Grizzly 2. Hell yeah. So two movies that have never been released. You can yep. only find them um, 
on the internet, basically. Psycho Pike is available on YouTube. Um, Except for we'll be watching. We'll be it watching on it here. Glorious VHS. Glorious. Um, because yes, I made a copy. <laughs> um, yeah, there's that, and then Grizzly Two, I believe, is available somewhere. We'll get a hold of it. I know how to get it if we can't find it online, but okay. um, but yeah. So shady back channels that might yeah, oh, yeah. And, you, know, you know, you know, I, got, I know, I know people who know people. It's, oh, yeah. it's a thing, but um, yeah. So I'm excited for next week, yeah, and um, that'll be a oh, fun one. We did want to say we mentioned um, last week, last week, yeah, last week when we were picking for this month coming up that we were going to do something special for Halloween. Oh yeah, and I think we figured out what we're gonna do. Um, this is actually an idea that was given to us by by Vito. Mm-hmm. So uh, shout out to to Vito. Um, I guess. Hey, it's his idea. I'll give him credit. <laughs> But it's actually a really, really cool Love idea. He, um, his idea was to basically take the the, the classic Universal monsters. You know, you have uh, Dracula, Frankenstein, Wolfman, um, creature from the Black Lagoon. Uh, you Mummy. could do Mummy. You could do Invisible Man. Mm-hmm. His idea was to basically take take these these classic horror monsters, right, mm-hmm. and find modern reinterpretations of those monsters, but one for each of them. So yeah. it's like a modern Universal horror kind of thing right yeah. so like a good vamp like a good modern vampire movie a good mm-hmm. modern mummy movie yeah it doesn't necessarily good have frankenstein to be dracula movie. it could no. just be a modern vampire yeah a modern creature or a new take on that for example yeah you know, it could be it could be anything right um and i think that's what we're gonna do for halloween both the week of halloween and then we'll do our halloween hangover episode yep and so that'll be the second part of it cool which will be the first episode in november yep um, but I think that's what we're gonna do. That's gonna be our Halloween uh, special for this week. Yeah, or for this year. It sounds fun. So cool. Yeah, um, we're not gonna tell you what movies they are though. We're gonna keep that a secret until we post the episode. Just our dirty little secret. Because why not? Let's have some fun with it. Yeah. Take, take guesses as to what you think we're gonna pick. That could be fun. Yeah. Maybe you'll maybe you'll win something. Probably not. But but maybe you'll win something. <laughs> but maybe. Yeah. <laughs> There's a good chance that you won't. There's also a good chance that you will. It just depends on how generous we feel. Yeah. And then we're still trying to figure out what to pair with uh, Never Hike in the Snow, but hopefully we'll have that figured out in the next day or so, and I'll have all that stuff posted before this episode even gets posted. So Yeah, buddy. But uh, yeah. And if you want to find out when Mike posts that, just find us on social media. Instagram, yeah, yeah. Facebook, and SoundCloud at the Buzzed Kill Podcast. You can also find us on Twitter at the Buzzed Kill PC. If uh, looking at our ugly mugs is more your thing, which, <laughs> come on, whose isn't? Uh, <laughs> we have a YouTube show called Trailer Trash. Uh, new episodes roughly every week or so. Uh, we try to get them up. Um, and uh, yeah, so go over to YouTube, search out uh, uh, the Buzzed Kill Podcast, and just, uh, you know. You can also just find the link in our uh, in our Instagram. Yep. Michael Michael uh, was he was uh, kind enough to make us a link tree. Finally, something <laughs> or other. Uh, I don't know how any of that works because I don't I don't. It's a tree with links. I don't technology. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, go to so the... just yeah, just click uh, click on the link in there. It'll take you right to YouTube. Yep, subscribe. Make sure you click subscribe. Click the notification bell. Hit the like button. Yeah, comment yeah. if you want to. Please do. We and, like uh, talking to people. Yeah, I mean, I'm 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 stuck talking to you every week. I want to talk to some other people. I know, talking to me must be the worst. It literally is the worst. I can think of very little things that are worse. Ugh, sorry, <laughs> bud. I'm sorry. All right, Michael. Sir. Cheers, ma'am. It's been uh, sort of a pleasure there, bud. It, it has been fun. All right. Stay fresh, cheese bags. Yeah.